Blog Talk Radio. It is now time for your weekly football party. Live from the IMLD Home Studios, in its eighth season, this is In Much Less Detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. With your host, Jay Andre. Wait, what? There's football? Wait. Tomorrow? The season's the season's about to start? Really? So who, weird. Who knew? Just out of out of the blue. Just no preseason games, just sit right into it. Oh, football's back. Okay. Well, isn't this what the player isn't this what the players have wanted all along? Most of them would love to skip preseason every year. That's a that's a great point. <laughs> yes. Although when we come back and we do the uh, football party next week and we get into it and we, you know, uh, which is, yeah, because we now, uh, we tweet out our Thursday picks. So we, you know, we do the one big football party each week. How many uh, ACL tears and Achilles ruptures are we going to be talking about next week? Uh, probably a lot. There's, there's probably going to be a lot of guys that just, launch right into that football season and think, hey, I'm going to just do what I do. This is what I get paid yeah. to do. Everything's going to be normal. And, uh-oh, I just popped the biceps muscle. <laughs> a little, little hammy pull. Or uh, mm-hmm. how many how many blown line calls are going to end some quarterback seasons uh, this mm. weekend? So, yeah, this, this is going to be a lot of uh, – I won't even say it's fun. It, it's going to be interesting. It'll be different. It'll be like Try, no season yeah, we've had it, before. Yeah, I mean, we, we always joked about the first two weeks of the normal regular season feeling like preseason with, the with you know, from every standpoint. Terrible officiating, terrible play, you know, blown coverage, teams that don't look like they've played together or, or practiced all preseason because we would always, you know, sort of point at those teams where they sat out all their players, all their key players, but at least the other guys, you know, maybe 40 guys on the roster – still played in the preseason and, and got some extensive play and rookies got to, to nope, not this year. So here nope. you go. Here you go. Just throw them on. Let's, let's keep score. Full bore. Everybody let's so, go. <laughs> fight let's the cold. Uh, came down with a cold here oh. in the last couple of days. So uh, I apologize if there's a random sneeze that I don't get to uh, uh, the, the, the mute button in time, but yeah, I'm just a little, little under the weather. Not nothing. Nothing. Don't worry. It's not the goop. It's not the goop. You sure? We, we our our weather just tanked the last few days. It was like forty nine degrees today, and rainy all day long. So it's like my my normal fall feeling that usually hits me when the weather changes, but usually in October has hit me uh, pretty early this year. Well, you're not in Denver, so at least there's that. No, the snow. The. 90, 100 degree weather, and then two yeah. days later, up oh, 32. What? Yeah, they had snow up in the mountains. Uh, well, 
playing a little hurt, but we're we're doing what we're gonna do. Hey, hi, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Uh, didn't really do any kind of introduction. We just kind of launched into our sort of kings of non sequitur right off the bat. But that's cool. We we got two hours. We got oh, two yeah. hours to fill. It's, it's the preseason <laughs> well, football have, party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What eight eight season? Here we, we and we have a pick. We actually have an eight season then now to doing just this. I mean, this is an eight seasons of us picking football games. This is just the eighth season of us doing it on the record live. On the podcast. On the podcast. Uh, yes, he's Jay. I'm Dre. This is indeed in much less detail the podcast starting our eighth season of this podcasting thing. And boy, eight years flies by in a hurry. I still remember the, the nervousness of that very first show and that first oh, yeah. night. And whew, boy, that had some butterflies and just started rambling and you know the, the microphone opens and you just start talking and next thing you know you, you filled up a half hour and here we are eight years later and, and still opening up the microphone and, and doing what we do yeah i don't even think we even keep track of how many shows this is anymore no there's a there's a number it's up there i don't really ever look at it um it's it's in the 350s 360s yeah. something like that it's a lot um, it's a lot yeah i mean we've <laughs> We've definitely streamed, streamlined it, you know, doing the one show a week now versus the two shows a week, um, but one big show. So it's the football party. And this time, right. this is the football party where we predict uh, what we think is going to happen with the upcoming season. We give our division winners, uh, our division rankings usually. We don't, we've never really gone too deep into records, you know, what we think the actual team records are going to be. Uh, we do throw around some numbers as we're talking about what we think, but you know we we don't hold to any hard and fast rule that I think you know this team's going to win X many games. Um, we generally don't do any predicting of preseason awards. We're not too worried about MVP or any any of that, um, even if it comes up during the show. So there's no structure to that portion. But eight divisions, eight division winners. We'll give our wild cards. We'll give our conference championships, and at the end, we'll give our Super Bowl and uh, we'll have a pick. Our first pick. And even you were just talking about like picking like records and number of wins. Even if you had the confidence to do that in most years, how the hell could you do that this year? How do you know anything no about idea. what's going to happen this year with no crowds and uh, weird rules about uh, injured lists and how, how short and how long some of the stays are and uh, the the crowd no situation that was the big thing I really was wondering about. Uh, I didn't know what they were going to do as far as crowd noise because you can't really do it like baseball and what pro wrestling's been doing with the canned noise because so much of a big part of football is making it uncomfortable and loud for the visiting team so that there's an actual advantage. Otherwise, it's just all neutral site games. Uh, if there's no advantage at all to when the road team's on the field versus the, the home team. And I was reading uh, Peter King's uh, Monday morning quarterback column getting ready for the season, and he says that there is a 75 decibel max noise limit for each stadium. So they're going to crank it up for when the road team is on offense so that the quarterback and uh, his, his his teammates can't just go and run their regular plays and, you know, with no noise. Because every game would be 75-75 if there's no crowd noise and nothing to, to get over as far as that goes. 
but a 75 decibel max noise limit, first of all, how many teams are going to break that limit? The, the Patriots are known for cheating any chance they get. So how many times are they going to go crank it up to 80, 85, 90, 95? Just keep going until somebody notices and tries to stop them. But otherwise, they're just going to keep yeah. cranking that noise up. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they're doing something, though. I didn't know exactly how they were going to handle it, but I know you have to have some – I don't know if you agree with me on that. You have to have some crowd noise when the, when the opposing team is on the field. Otherwise, what's the point of, of having home and road games? Just play them all in a bubble. Right, which they're, you know, you see the NBA doing it, and then they, they pretend that one team is the home team, and then they put the, the, the videotronic fans behind them, and they'll play their sound effects from their stadium when they do things. But come on. It's it, not it, anywhere no. near the same. No, and football, which you would think is tailor-made for a bubble because because it's it's such a TV presentation. I mean, you don't even really see the fans when you're watching the game. It's not like baseball where there's that view of the pitcher throwing into the catcher and you've got all the fans behind home plate and foul balls going into the seats. No, football, it's pretty much just the scope of that camera. Mm-hmm. And that camera doesn't really pick up fans during anything meaningful as far as the actual playing of the game. So, so yeah, you would think that football would have been tailor-made for a, a fanless situation. But to still have all the teams traveling and, and going from city to city, uh, we saw how well that started off with baseball, uh, who seems to have sort of reined that in. Um, but that was a disaster for the first two, three weeks of the regular season, guys were breaking their curfews or, or breaking their quarantine. And, you know, uh, we, we had the guy from the Seahawks get cut for trying to sneak a girl into his hotel. With, with team, with a team uniform on, yeah. we're trying to dress her like she's a player. Like, dude, um, uh, well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe that's, I don't know. Maybe that's okay. No, that's that's my exes. That's my girlfriends. You can dress up like a football player, not a, a real football <laughs> player. They shouldn't have girlfriends. You can dress and make them look like a football player. That shouldn't happen. Me, sure. Yeah, but yeah. no. I, seventy. First of all, seventy-five decibels isn't that loud. No, no. I, I know it's it's something. It's better than it's, nothing. It's, but no, it's not. It's really not. It's not going to disrupt. It's not going to disrupt anything. So you would think that the teams that would normally benefit from big home field advantages are going to start to have that negated a bit. Um, Definitely. So the road. I don't think it gives the road team an advantage, but it negates the advantage. I think more for the home team. It doesn't actually. It doesn't make a, a road team better than the home team, but it puts teams on more of an equal footing. And we've seen the same thing with basketball. You know, we've seen where basketball teams that you know, maybe they'd get rattled. Uh, they don't get rattled so much now. Um, you know, they should have gone to the experts. They should have gone to the Falcons. Those, though they're the experts on pumping and crowd noise, right? <laughs> or WWE. Been doing it for yeah. 25 years. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder if the Eagles are going to have booze piped in both times. You know, when they went. <laughs> For when they have the ball and when the other team has the ball, if the Eagles are going to be just had just going to constant booze for the whole game. I was uh, thinking about that when I was writing my little previews. Baker Mayfield has got to be so happy that there won't be crowd noise uh, in Cleveland when he takes the field. Yeah. No, no more booze. 
and, and look at the Chargers. The Chargers are already used to not playing in front of a crowd. It'll be just like a regular home game for the Chargers. No noise right. whatsoever. <laughs> so, uh, you want to do plugs early? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. You've, been, you've been putting them in the after show the last few shows, and I don't know if that really yeah, gets the desired effect. It doesn't. Uh, the point of the plugs is to let live listeners know to listen to the show as a podcast, and that doesn't help when we're not live anymore. So, yes, I've been totally flubbing that up all summer long. Uh, so thank you for reminding me. Yes, if you're listening live, uh, the only place you can listen live, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. That's the only place to listen live is that website. And you want to listen to the show as a podcast after it's over with, uh, first of all, you definitely want to do that because we have extra bonus coverage, our VIP after show. Uh, and to do that, there's a number of different ways to do that. Come back to the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail, maybe an hour or so after our live show is over. And the whole show should be available, the live show and the after show should be available in our archives as a podcast. You can subscribe to any number of podcasting services. Uh, such as Blueberry and Player.fm, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you go to listen to your favorite podcasts, look for In Much Less Detail to pass, search for us, and we are on that site. And if we are, go ahead and subscribe. And anytime we finish a show, the live show and the after show, it will download right to your account, and you'll be able to listen to the whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle. As far as communicating with us, there's a few ways to do that as well. You can shoot us an email. You send that to inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. That's inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. Love to hear your feedback on our show uh, that we're in the eighth year of doing. Uh, Twitter, I'm at IMLDDre. Jason is at IMLDJTG. You can communicate with us there. Uh, Our blog will have all of our football picks up throughout the year. Uh, usually after the show is over, we do our uh, big football party show on Saturday night or sometimes Friday uh, before the Sunday games begin, and the picks will go up on our blog after we do that show. The blog site is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. That's where you go to find all of our picks as the year progresses. Jason was talking about our Thursday night pick situation because we don't do a midweek show anymore. We used to have our picks during that show, during our recap show, but we don't do that. We have one big show on the weekend. So now our Thursday night picks exclusively available on our Twitter, uh, again, at IMLDDre and Jason's at IMLDJTG. Sometime Thursday in the morning or afternoon, we will both put our picks up for the Thursday night affair as the season goes on, that's where you go to see our Thursday night picks. So I think that's all of the, uh, all the plugs. I finally got them out of the way. I did not have time to take your advice and pre-record all of that. I really should do that. I probably will do that eventually at some point during the season. Did I, was that, was that my idea? Uh, it was. I, I draw, I, I, I've had so many, I just forget them. <laughs> I, that one was is a good one, and and I will eventually take advantage of that. I just didn't have time this week, but uh, yeah. But you know what? You've got it. You know, you've got your. You know, you've got it. Rolls off pretty smooth. It's almost the same every time. You know, you're like, you're like Stony doing the disclaimer. 
And don't forget our podcast is copyrighted and it's a production of Jason and myself and solely performed for our entertainment as well as for your soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jason or me is strictly prohibited. Strictly. That's right. Uh, so was there any other preseason uh, stipulations or cha- rule changes uh, that we need to get into? We, we got the 75 decibel max noise thing. They got rid of uh, pass interference challenges. So instead of actually putting somebody in charge that gave a fuck about pass interference, like instead of Alberto Riveron put somebody else, anybody else in charge to, to review those because he clearly didn't give a damn. He didn't overturn them even when they were obvious. Um, instead of that, they just decided to uh, vote it out. So there's no more PI challenges uh, at all, which I think is a shame. Yeah, I, I'm still of the opinion that everything is challengeable or everything should be challengeable um, for many reasons. You know, I've I've harped on uh, many missed calls over the years, uh, and they can be game breakers. So many many times over the years we've we've seen that where it's not just a pass interference uh, my my personal favorite the face mask um that never gets called where dudes just getting straight up tackled by their face which should be very easy to see on a replay you right. think the coach should be able to throw that out there cuz uh, you're talking about a, a penalty um that's really easy to spot that somehow gets missed all the time uh, or they call face masks when the dudes just got grabbed by their shoulders. <laughs> they make you know, up they for get, it by calling yeah. face masks when they don't touch the face mask. That's right. <laughs> um, you know, or Tom Brady with the blow to the head when the guy hits him in the chest. <laughs> or if the guy's fingernail lovingly grazes the uh, helmet of Tom Brady. Oh, grazes. Yes. That's, that's, that's a blow that's to the head. Blow to the Loving. head. So. Really rough. No, that that's not a good change. It's not as drastic. Uh, I'm glad they're not going the baseball way. You know, we're you know we're just gonna you know, we're gonna get rid of overtime and we're just gonna have a, a field goal kicking contest and everybody you know, start with the ball at the 50 yard line and we're just gonna let whoever the better quarterback is on the team. Just, we're just gonna do an official quarterback where the quarterback plays for both teams. I have always like said how much I yeah the universal QB. I've always said how much I hate that college football overtime. Okay, you're going to start at the other 25, and whatever happens, happens, and then the other team gets a chance. I'm like, what? Are, what is that? That's just yeah. so your turn, my turn, bullshit. I'm, I, I, yeah, I really hate that. I, I still like sudden death, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess we're we're different. I guess the world is passing us by. And now or something. The, and, I don't know. See, the way I think it should be now is – I think they should even, because they have, every team now has the ability to possess the football in overtime, right? Unless the first drive is a touchdown. It's a Peyton Manning rule. Can't let the superstar right. not have a chance. Stop doing the coin toss then. Just give the road team the ball first. Yeah, since they both get it first, right? I mean, yeah, everybody gets a crack or at since the they ball. Both get the ball. Right. You know, so, yeah, obviously, I would give the team that's more disadvantaged the first time first first playoff drive. Yeah, if you can go and any... score a touch if you can go and score a touchdown to win the game on the road, well you deserve to win the game. 
That, that's that's one way of looking at it. As uh, there's any no number more, of ways no you can coin do these. Toss. No more no more fifty fifty propositions. Now in the playoffs, yeah, you, in the Super Bowl, you do a coin toss. Every other situation, I would just give the road <laughs> team the football first. And these coaches would probably have a conniption if you took the coin toss away from them because they 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 all need to be the next Belichick. And we we have to figure out if we're going to defer, we're going to take no, the no. wind, we're going to do you know. You can still give them the coin toss to start the game. I'm talking yeah. about overtime. I'm specifically yeah. talking about overtime. Okay. Yeah, because that's almost uh, that almost never happens where someone gets the yeah. uh, coin toss in overtime and says, "Eh, we don't want it. We'll, we'll defer." We, do, we don't. It's, want it's the happened. Ball and we don't want to score. <laughs> it's the anti uh, Hasselbeck. Right. <laughs> it has happened. I've seen some teams decide that they don't want the ball yeah. to start overtime because of the the wind situation or yeah or weather situation. Yeah, they figure it's right. easier to just let the other team be deep and. Uh, you know, but we'll, we'll I, I, you always want the ball, don't you? Don't you always want the ball? I, if, uh, when I'm playing video games, I always want the yeah. ball. First. Well, no, no, you let, the, you let the you let the road team have the ball. You let the home team pick the goal, which end zone. There you go, solved. Done. I like it. Simple. All right, uh, so we're about ready to kick off our our preview show here. Um, I, I had a suggestion. Uh, we don't have to if you don't want to, but instead of. Uh, Sort of surprising. <laughs> sure, why not? It's not like we prep for this or anything. Um, instead of uh, just getting in, just randomly talking about what team, how about we list off our one, two, three, four first, and then whatever interests us after that uh, about the divisions we can talk about. So to get the rankings out of the way first. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always I've always done it four, three, two, one, but that's okay too. Yeah, either way. Okay. Uh, but yeah, just to yeah, that's the, sort that, of the way we. That's the baseball way of doing it. To, to do that first, and then yeah. we can because because we're gonna have the same divisions anyway for all of these. It's just that's just how we do it. So. You know, I hope not. <laughs> get it out of the way. I promise you. We, I, we I hope. For, I really hope not. I really hope not. But uh, no, let's get it started. We, I'm going over fifty. Yeah, I'll do. I'll go. I'll go one, two, three, four. So I'll do. I'll go top to bottom in the divisions. I'm going to I have over fifty percent. At least five of eight divisions are exactly the same. One, two, three, four. That's my prediction. I would say six. If I had to predict, Ooh. I would say we have the same. I would say six division winners the same. No, I was talking about the whole thing. One, two, three, four for for a division. We're going to do that at least five. Oh, times. half, half. <laughs> I'm going to say four. I'm going to say four <laughs> times we will have the exact same division order. All right, we'll see if we can keep up with that. All right, ready to preview 2020? As crazy as it's going to be? Yeah, we'll give it a, <laughs> our best shot. It's all going to look like garbage in a week anyways. So. We're, we're trying to. When Patrick Mahomes our... blows out his ACL, oh, Lamar don't... Jackson dislocates his hip. <laughs> yeah. Don't speak that into existence. Don't do that. As is our custom on our preview shows, we – Preview the division of the defending champions first, and this year that means we go out west in the AFC with the Kansas City Chiefs and their surprising postseason come-from-behind seasons, uh, every game come-from-behind victory. Uh, yeah. So what do you see, uh, one, two, three, four, in the AFC West? Shockingly, <laughs> I have the Kansas City Chiefs finishing first. 
And then I, tr- I struggled with the two, three, and four for the rest of the division because I think they're all going to finish about five and 11. Um, <laughs> but I did go in this order, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. So Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. That's my division. Well, we're not, uh, we're not the same on that division, so that's good. Oh, um, hey. Why are we arguing about which team was going to win four or five? Uh, probably. Uh, I'm, I'm arg- arguing is too strong a word. I'm, there's nothing to argue okay. about in the AFC West. Believe me. No, we, we and I have be... nobody. I have no wild cards coming out of this. Division. Okay. But we might have slight disagreements. Um, I'm going Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, and I also have okay. no wild cards in that division. Okay, so we're not we're not really feeling too strongly. I think about the order or no, the way any of that goes. So obviously the chiefs, you got to give them full credit, Super Bowl champions. I, I, just, I mean, they're bringing back just about everybody. The D the defense is, it's I, it's okay. Um, but that's, yeah, that, that offense could put up 40 points at will. They can score from anywhere on the field, everywhere. The red zone starts at about their own 20 yard line. So, <laughs> You know, the running game, we'll see how this Clyde Edwards Hilaire, did I get that guy's name right? I think. Uh, This rookie running back, uh, about the only question mark, I would say, on that roster, because other than that, they're loaded. Um, I am a little worried about their right side of their offensive line uh, after Laurent Duvernay-Tardif opted out for COVID uh, so interesting to see. We were talking about busted line calls or any of that. So mm-hmm. let's hope uh, let's hope Patrick Mahomes doesn't hang on to the ball for too long. But no, there there's no. But they should go six and zero in that division. There is nobody in that division. I think that's going to step up and, uh, and dethrone the Chiefs. Keep trying to speak a, an injury to Pat into existence. Don't do that. I, I love watching Pat Mahomes. Uh, I legit think that the Chiefs may be better than what they were last year. Like maybe even much better. Like I'm not saying they will be, but they can be because we saw in the playoffs and the Super Bowl what their obvious weakness is, which is they don't put up their offensive speed to, to good use until they're trailing and have to play catch up. Like if they can figure out how to start games the right way, if, if Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill decide to, to drop bombs on fools right out the gate to start the game, what, who the fuck's going to stop that? So I think they can actually even be better than they were. They can actually be even more explosive. So, yeah, no doubt that, was, that, that the Chiefs are the class. That wasn't a regular season problem for the Chiefs. I think some no. of that was the Andy Reid yips and mm. that he just had a talented enough roster to overcome some really, really conservative, questionable play calling for the first half or three quarters of in the Super Bowl. It took him 50 minutes to yeah. <laughs> figure it. I mean, and, and, you know, because that game and the game was way closer, I think, than the final score indicated because there was a garbage time uh, touchdown that the Niners just completely stopped defending the run on um, that let that thing get completely out of hand. And all of a sudden they end up winning by 11, I believe it was. Right. They were losing up until about the four minute mark. They're down 10 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, yeah, I think some of that was Andy Reid needed to get out of his own way and realize that he's got the absolute best offense in in pro sports 
football. Yeah. You've got the Broncos second. You you, you coming around on on Drew Locke? Well, I, I think Drew Locke will get the shackles taken off uh, in his second season yeah, here. He'll uh, be unlocked. That. <laughs> I'm not even reacting to that one. And we'll we'll get a better sense of his potential. Uh, those three running backs in, in Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, you know what? They can continue with any trio in the league. I'm not saying that they're, uh, you know, top of the list or anyone's going to the pro boy or anything like that. But as a trio, there's no one that can rotate three running backs that can take off like those three. Um, there's no home crowd with the mile high advantage that's gone. Uh, no Von Miller to pressure quarterbacks. He just uh, busted up his ankle. So I'm bearish on the Broncos overall. But, yeah, I can see a 7-9, and 8-8. Eight eight. I feel like a lot of those tight games uh, will be more losses than wins, but not by a whole lot. I think they'll still eke out their, their fair share. And, and yeah, uh, 500 is not really saying that they're going to be great at all. But the, the Raiders and the, and the Clippers – um, I don't know if they're going to make 500, either one of them. I don't I don't see any of the three. I mean, I, I think that you will see the three teams after the Chiefs probably win four, five, and six, and it's just going to be a toss-up as to which one which is, wins which. Um, I, I like the Chargers slightly more than the Broncos. Um, you know, you got Tyrod Taylor sort of keeping the seat warm for Justin Herbert, um, but Tyrod Taylor can play – at a professional level, you know, Tyrod Taylor led a bills team that was trying to tank to the playoffs. Um, and he, you know, Austin Eckler and the receiving core, and they just gave Keenan Allen the big contract and the defense is still really good. Uh, the, you know, the chargers didn't get rid of anybody. As far as I'm concerned, they have really good corner play. Um, Joey Bosa up front, Melvin Ingram, that's a solid roster. So I actually think that the Chargers, um, and they're used to not playing in front of any fans. No adjustment there. <laughs> so, right. So right, this is perfectly, this is tailor-made for them. They're not playing in the soccer stadium. I think they're in so, so, SoFi Stadium now with the Rams um, yep. doing, the joint, doing the joint stadium thing, which is funny because you have the Rams and the Chargers should have both been having big home openers. The Raiders should have been opening up in Las Vegas. It's just, what a mess. Yeah. Yeah, what a mess. Um, Fuck you, twenty twenty. So yeah, I, I don't disagree with anything that you said about the Broncos. I slotted them in for third place. Um, I think I was. I actually picked Drew Locke a few times last year before you even kind of realized that he was mediocre, <laughs> not just terrible. You know, he, he wasn't. Hey, wait. Uh, he's not he as bad Paxton, as I thought. He's not Paxton Lynch. Oh, uh, Brock Osweiler. Oh, um, oh yeah. Stop it, Trevor Simeon. I'm interested. Yeah, they they got him the rookie wide receiver, right? They uh, went and got him was a Jerry Judy. Um, so he's got the tight end. Was at the tight end. Noah Noah Fant was from the year previous. So yeah, you can see that the Broncos are starting to load up. Boy, is it just me or is every team's offense in the West trying to look like the Chiefs? That's not a bad offense to try to. to no, imitate. I know, but it's it's a copycat league. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but yeah, losing. Uh, Losing Von Miller hurts. So when I when I went through today and I made that, it's like oh I gotta gotta. I had the Raiders in last the whole time, but I had to kind yeah. of make that decision on second and third, and so I just gave the slight edge um, to the Chargers. 
Yeah, about the Clippers, uh, boy, a, a year makes a big difference, doesn't it? Anthony Lynn, uh, his star was just rising. Um, it, it was uh, five, uh, five and eleven last year, twelve and four yep. in a playoff win the year before, and boy, just a big turnaround. And I just don't see how they win those close games uh, that they lost last year. Uh, I don't I don't know how they're going to turn that around with Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert. I, I don't see uh, I don't see the adjustment being made there. Well, they don't have Philip Rivers, uh, who is trying to turn into a human interception machine. That's true. Anymore, and you know, and part of that was Chargers would play from behind a lot, and Rivers was just you know trying to gunsling his way back into a lot of games. But there were a lot of ill-advised passes uh, from <laughs> Philip Rivers last year. He had some ugly, ugly games. And the Colts will be the recipients of that this year. Um, so, oh, those Raiders. Uh, anything to, to say about uh, that? Mm, <laughs> uh, Marcus Mariota got hurt, which now makes Nathan Peterman their backup. Ah! Isn't that just oh, what we want to see? Are they are they tanking again? No, I. <laughs> they're 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 okay. I, I mean. I don't think that they're going to win three games. They'll probably win four or five. They compete. They won't be the worst team in the league. They won't. Uh, I don't think they're just going to be absolute garbage. They competed last year. You know, it'd really be nice to see John Gruden uh, have full faith in Derek Carr, who who can play. But it's clearly (laughs) not his guy. They they keep trying to – no, they keep just trying to send messages his way. They signed Mariota. Um they just keep trying to send these messages. He's never really gotten that full vote of confidence from his coach. Uh, the defense is, it's okay. They're not going to obviously benefit at all from what you would have assumed would have been a fairly ru- ru- raucous crowd out there in Vegas. And it was uh, the, the hilarious part about the uh, off season is Mike Mayock looks at that sorry-ass pass defense, which has been that way for years now. They just cannot stop anybody through the air. uh, And it's really a problem playing in the division with with Patrick Mahomes. And his answer to that in the draft was to use a first-round pick on Damon Arnett, who runs a 4-5-6-40 and has maturity issues. Don't ever change, Raiders. Don't ever change. Yeah. Well, you know, it wouldn't be so bad if they had a guy who could go after the quarterback, but you know how hard those guys are to find, right? Oh, incredibly hard. It's just so difficult to find them. And when you do, you, you got to get rid of them. Or, you got to trade them. Oh, oh, those Raiders. All right. Well, that was easy. Let's move on to the AFC North. The uh, I don't know how much more competitive we think this division is going to be either. What's your one, two, three, four for the AFC North? Oh, uh, let's see here. Well, shocker, Ravens, and then the Steelers, the Browns, and the Bengals, uh, which I believe wouldn't be that far off of the exact same uh, finishing that they had last year. So, how about that? Um, and I have, and I don't have anybody coming out of this division as the wild card. Absolutely had to go with the exact same order. I don't know how anyone could go with uh, any other order. It's it's a really clear first-tier situation in that division. One team is the class of the division. The other team is good but have obvious holes. The third team is bad 
but with some talent that should make them uh, perform better than than dead last. And the team's awful and will be dead last. It's it's like obvious. And so, yeah, that's our first division that we're in lockstep, and there's no surprise. One very slight variation. I have a wild card team. Welcome back to the playoffs to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have the Steelers making yeah. the wild card. I, I thought about that, you know, looking at that team last year. The defense was really good. Their problem was they couldn't score. Once once ben, yeah. Big Ben got hurt, you know, they, they could not get the ball into the end zone. And we had with Duck Hodges and, and Mason yeah. Rudolph, you know, trying to get decapitated. Um, <laughs> it just not a pretty sight. And that was a team that still, for all of those problems, went 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah. And we, we crapped on Mike Tomlin a lot, but maybe we should have appreciated the job he did a little bit more last year, getting that team to 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I believe part of the reason why we sort of fell um, off the, the Tomlin bandwagon, because I've assumed he was going to be gone for a while, um, was the fact that they were sitting at 8-5, and five, locked in on a playoff spot, and then proceeded to lose three straight to end the season. Which isn't good, but if they, I have the feeling that the Ravens maybe fall back about two wins, and that the Steelers pick up two, which would still get the Ravens to twelve, and maybe the Steelers can get to ten. I just have them right on the outside of the playoffs. Well, yeah, as far as the Ravens, uh, fourteen and two, dominant league MVP, and Lamar Jackson, second straight third in the playoffs. Uh, it was looking good until the playoffs once again for the second year in a row. About the only thing you can do was put your palms up to the sky and go, Hey, what happened? I mean, when the playoffs come, LeVar Jackson turns into a different guy. I, I don't know what's going on, but it's, it's the sample size is two games. That's the thing two. with that is it's, it's just two games, two bad games. The flip side is Dan Marino got to the Super Bowl once and wasn't so good and never made it back again. So yeah. you never know how many chances you really get at that. But we both think the Ravens will be back strong once again. All eyes are on the Ravens and the Chiefs as the class of the AFC. So these are probably the two easiest first-place picks uh, in the league. Uh, John Harbaugh's record is just impeccable. So the division is just fait accompli. It's all about the playoffs, of course. Uh, the only people that can stop Greg Roman's offense is Greg Roman's offense. That, that's the only people that can stop the Ravens is themselves. Uh, and you also got to look at that defense, Wink Martindale's uh, overlooked D. They add Calais Campbell as if they weren't tough enough. That's almost unfair. They might win 14 again. They might only win 12, but they might win 14 again. They, the Ravens are really, really strong. And really it's just all about waiting until January and see how they perform then. Yeah, I mean, you have to look at the AFC in the preseason and go, it's, you know, Chiefs and Ravens are pretty much, I won't even say one and two. I mean, they're probably one and one A. Right. I mean, the Ravens fell into the postseason buzzsaw that was the Tennessee Titans, and the Titans damn near did that to the Chiefs. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, we, we let's not forget that. But, yeah, two years in a row. But what impresses me, especially about Lamar Jackson, was he seems to take to heart his criticisms and every year he has, you know, first, first time he gets to, he replaces Joe Flacco and they, it was, it wasn't pretty. 
you could clearly see that the talent was there and he needed to develop into more of a thrower of the football goes, you know, loses the playoff game against uh, the Chargers, very ugly playoff game against the Chargers. Some of the worst offensive football for about the first three plus quarters of that game that you could ever see. It comes back the next year. And then they put up that 49, I believe it was in that first game last year. And Lamar Jackson throws five touchdowns. He had multiple five touchdown games, if I'm not mistaken, last year four or five touchdown games. So I'm interested to see if he could take that sort of like that next step and progress again and, and work in on seems, sounds, seems like this is the kind of guy who likes to shut up his detractors. And I am still forever going to take credit for Lamar Jackson, because I remember on this very show saying that I thought he'd be the best quarterback out of that class. You did. You also keep saying that you're waiting for him to get hurt because all these running quarterbacks yeah, eventually going, get broken it's down. Going to, it's going to happen. <laughs> if it's 10 years from now, you're going to be ready to he, say, you know, hey, I told you. He takes some shots. And we saw this with Michael Vick. If I remember the first thing that did Michael Vick in was a broken uh, shoulder in a preseason game. Wasn't a leg injury, I'm pretty sure. I remember what he, he got he got crunched in the in the pocket in a preseason game and somebody drove him into the turf and, and broke his shoulder or his collarbone or something. I think that was that year when he came back and rat rifled off those two wins um at the end of the season after he was gone for the whole year. Um but yeah, I I'd be interested to see, you know these running quarterbacks, they 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 take their hits. All he's got to do is get blindsided. We saw him take some shots last year we didn't think he was going to get up from. Yeah, but he did. He got he's up kind every of a, time. It's, yeah, he's kind of that, a slight guy. You know, he's not he's, – he's big, but he's kind of lanky. Yeah, but he's tough as hell, man. He's, he is. He's I, I'm, not taking, I'm not taking anything away from him. He's, he's, he's fantastic. If he can stay healthy for the whole season, then the sky's the limit for these guys. Yep. So the clear number one, and then the clear number two is the Steelers, and yes, yeah, big Big Ben being back really is the key to that. Of course, uh, he's got to stay healthy. Mike Tomlin's going to pull his hair out watching Doug Hodges and Mason Rudolph last year. Yet yeah, the the fact that they even made it to eight and eight it really is uh, unbelievable. Uh, they don't want to admit that James Conner is not the bell cow running back. That's the other minor issue I have with the Steelers. Uh, he, he's not the guy, but they're going to keep insisting he's the guy because they want him to be the guy because they like him because he was he was he's the anti Le'Veon Bell he was a, he's a good team maybe he's a good guy and I understand all that but eventually at some point you got to admit he, he he's not the guy he's you know he could be a, a a tag team partner with some other guy maybe but he's not really the guy himself but really the reason the the Steelers are clearly uh up there uh and and my pick for the playoffs is that defense they're uh yeah they that that defense is unbelievable. Uh, when you talk about T.J. Watt and, and Bud Dupree and uh, those guys running around and chasing everybody down and, and just causing all sorts of havoc around the field, uh, they're underrated. Uh, their defense is definitely uh, a unit that kept them afloat. When you got when you got the Duck Hodges crap going out there and, and trying to pretend like he's a quarterback, that's the only thing keeping you uh, around. That's the only thing that makes you eight and eight is, is your defense. Um, they also they got to find another person to catch the ball besides Juju Smith-Schuster. They they've really got to work on finding somebody else to to go with him. Uh, they're praying it's going to be this Notre Dame draft pick uh, Chase Claypool. They're they're going to give him every opportunity to to be the guy. So uh, and he, the guy the guy the kid's fast. Uh, he's got good 
you know, combine number. So, you know, if he's fast and gets open deep downfield, you know, Ben will find him. You know that much. Yeah. And they brought Eric Ebron in you know, to, uh, mm-hmm. to play tight end. Not a bad signing. So, they, they, you know, they've had generally over the years, they've had a solid offensive line. I'm with you. James Conner stopped being good the moment the job became exclusively his. <laughs> yeah, we remember that. As soon as Le'Veon Bell was officially done, and to this point forward, uh, from that point forward, I should say, James Conner has not been anything special at all, but they, they're they going to keep feeding them the football. So, yeah, if there is a weakness in the Steelers' offense, it's definitely that running game. And if they can't get that running game going, the, they'll win, but they're going to they're going to struggle. They're, they're going to they're going to win. Roethlisberger's going to pump fake 20 times and shake <laughs> off three sacks and, and find somebody running free. Um, but they need him to stay healthy. If they if they lose Roethlisberger again, it's going to be another long season for uh, for the Steelers. Then the more you run the ball, you know, three yards a carry and whatnot, and you have to have Ben keep dropping back on second, third down, the more chance you're going to take that he gets knocked out again. And I, yeah. I think they want to uh, limit that and, and not have that chance be be up there. Um, so the Cleveland Browns clearly the the next level down in this division. Uh, you, you got something you want to say about the old Brown fever there? You know, yeah, I was just going to say, unlike Odell Beckham Jr., I do not have the Brown fever this season. Oh, Odell, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, it's a thing. I guess. Yeah, I, I, I guess too. It's, it's not my thing. That's all I know. That's, that's all I'm yeah, saying. Pick about that. Yeah. Oh, first of all, that's that's straight up nasty. But OBJ, <laughs> pick pick them better. Pick them better. You gotta pick them better. Just <laughs> saying. Well, if, if your choices well, are among the ones that are willing to do that, I don't know. If, I, I guess think slim pickings, you know. You know? I, I think I think yeah. I'm actually maybe I'm gonna be with you on that one. <laughs> I have I'm a just, feeling. I'm just yeah. Not that we know. Not that we have any I'm empirical not, data. I'm not trying to put too much thought into that, but yeah, that's my reaction. Is who are you gonna pick that that's willing to, yeah. to to do that? But anyway, yeah. Two two years ago, we wanted to sell short on the the. 49ers because the five game run that Garoppolo had and last year we wanted to sell short on the Browns. Um, this year there's another team I want to sell short on. That's an obvious one. <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, we'll get to them later. Um, but the, yeah, the Browns should be, the Browns are definitely paper champions, right? The Browns are that Madden team. You look up and down the roster and you go, man, this team is loaded. But mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield's just not very good. He's really not. Uh, the the Freddie Kitchens show lasted one year, so that's over with. Yeah. Well, good luck to I, Kevin Stefanski with with this crew. But yeah, there's there's some 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 personalities on that team, and I I just am, I'm a little worried about Baker Mayfield having the talent to lead this offense. Like you gave the kids the keys to this car. And you've just watched him continually driving into trees. And as much as I don't like him, it, it can't be easy with all that turnover and coaching either. So I, I, I do want to say, you know, you, you got that many coaches that keep coming through. You got Hugh Jackson, you got uh, Freddie. Now you got him out and bring in Stefanski. Uh, I don't know how much they're going to play this uh, Jordan Elliott kid on the D line uh, as well, but you drafted him in the third round. 
down, you, you stick them in there. Uh, the obvious weakness on the defense is, is starting to run. You give up five yards a carry last year. Uh, go ahead and play him and see if that can improve anything. Uh, so that's sort of the hidden other side of the Brown fever and why they're not something you want to rely on is they can't get it done on the defensive side either. They got some talented guys in their secondary, but it doesn't matter when everyone is running the ball right up your behind and yeah. they can get five yards a chunk, and they don't have to worry about throwing because they just keep running the ball on you, and they, they don't have to worry about it. But you look at that D-line on paper, it's great. <laughs> if you had that D-line of Miles Garrett and Obajobi and Sheldon Richardson mm-hmm. and uh, Olivier Vernon, Adrian Claiborne, you had those guys in Madden, you'd have 18 yeah. sacks a game. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the brown fever for you. They know how to put it together on paper, but, but when it gets out on the field, ooh, boy. Yeah, I, sorry. And, yeah, Joe Burrow, good luck, buddy. <laughs> now, I will say, if A.J. Green comes back to resemble his, his Hall of Fame form after not playing all of last year, it might have something there. If he does, you know, Joe Burrow can make some noise, a, maybe. You know, that, that's a maybe. ask you a real good toss-up question here. <laughs> toss-up. Who, who lasts longer this year, A.J. Green or Will Fuller? Well, hmm. Um, so when you say last longer, you got to have some qualifiers. Will Fuller will miss plays. He'll miss games. He, he'll, he'll keep catch coming one back. ball for 70 yards and a touchdown, and then get hurt again. <laughs> and then he'll sit down again. He, yeah. he'll, he'll come back. I don't. A.J. Green will apparently get a, a hangnail and decide right. he doesn't want to play the whole rest of the year. All right. So I don't know. Who will play more between those ah. two this year? Uh, you know, I, I, I've always liked to think of, I, I joke about the hangnail thing, but I always like to think of AJ Green as, as a professional and, and if he's able to get out there and do it, he'll do it. So I'll, I'll say, uh, I'll say AJ makes it to 13 games this year and, and wow. makes, it, makes it to his traditional seven. Okay. But he'll play really good in those seven games. We do know that. Um, oh yeah. yeah I, I don't know what to expect. Again, the, the Bengals, Again, that offense on paper should be really good. Uh, I, I don't know what to expect. I don't like the situation of a rookie quarterback with no preseason uh, going into this. I'm sure they look great in practice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good luck, guys. They'll probably win three games this year. <laughs> a rookie quarterback with no preseason games, all of a sudden, you turn the lights up behind that old line. Oh boy! Yeah, um, and, there's a reason yeah, these there's... guys drafted number one. <laughs> yeah, and they got a, and they got that awful defense. That's the next order of business is, is to shore that up. They signed a motley crew of veterans for as as free agents, uh, including your buddy uh, the yellow flag magnet Trey Waynes, and uh, he's already hurt. Oof. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. How did the sure. you know the Vikings got rid of Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes? Did their defense actually get better? Uh, possibly, and we'll we'll get to them a little later because they won't have uh, they won't be giving up 214 yards in uh, pass <laughs> interference every game. Let's move on to the AFC South. What do you see one through four in the AFC South? This is a fun division. Uh, all yeah. the other divisions we pretty much looked at were you know like one really good team and then trash. The uh, the AFC South every year is just trash. So <laughs> it's just what what order are the four teams going to go in. Um, 
I, I, I put all four names in a hat. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but what I drew out of the hat was Titans, Colts, Texans, Jaguars. Yeah, that's what I drew out of my hat, too. <laughs> oh, my God. We agree completely. That's funny. So you, I, I, did, I didn't expect that you'd have the Texans slipping to third, but um, why not? We'll start at the top. I didn't either. Uh, yeah. Tennessee reinvented football, and this, this is the, the, the advantage that I like with the Titans is their defense is really good. They added Javian Clowney. They've got that really good secondary. Nobody else plays football the way the Titans do. They play that old school, like 1970s brand of football where they just run straight downhill at you and beat the living snot out of you and then play really good defense. And, and it's almost it's so old school, it's revolutionary. You, how do you plan? How do you? Yeah. How do you prepare for the Titans? Who who on your roster is going to emulate Derrick Henry? And who's going to volunteer to stop Derrick Henry? Okay, who's got Derrick? You know, who's got D eight? <laughs> and and once Ryan Tannehill took over, we joked about it last year. We found out that they that they actually have decent receivers down there in Tennessee. Who knew? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so who knew? <laughs> He, he, he might only throw the ball 12 times in a game, but those nine receptions that those receivers have are all going to be very meaningful. Um, I really like the Titans to kind of just ride that formula. They're definitely going to beat up on the rest of that division. Um, you know, so that could be five or six wins for them right there. They probably only need nine or 10 wins to win this thing. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it to the Titans and have them take first. Um, and I guess you agree. I do. And the beauty of it is, uh, the OC Arthur Smith was looking at uh, an underwhelming running back when he took over last year, a milk toast wide receiver core and a quarterback in Marcus Mariota, who didn't exactly inspire confidence. And you enter Ryan Tannehill, you make that switch. I predicted last year that it would be about week four. It was a little later, but not too much. And was that all legit? Just taking over and and a completely different offense. And Derrick Henry is no longer middling. He's he's busting out and and bruising people. Uh, the, rec- the receivers, as we talked about, looked so much better. What was that all legit? Was it a flash in the pan? It's it's still up in the air. There's, there's no way I'm saying that the Titans are just going to dominate and, and go 14 and two and, and compete with the Chiefs. Uh, and and the Ravens for the top of the AFC. I'm not saying that, but uh, there's definitely something there. There's definitely something in that old school style of football that you were talking about. And don't overlook, as you mentioned, the defense. Uh, They lose the the retiring Dean Pease, but they replace him with the veteran Jim Hazlitt, so they're not going to really miss a beat there. It's really Mike Vrabel's show anyway uh, back there at that defense, and he gets that new toy in in Clowney, which is, is almost unfair that he gets to add that piece. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really like the Titans as well. I, I, I love watching them play. Of course, being here in Tennessee, I might be a little biased, but but they're fun. They're yep. fun as hell to watch. And and they brought over Vic Beasley off of his career year. Mm-hmm. That's, that's another on the other edge. So you might get Clowney right. and Beasley uh, coming up, coming at you on either side. Uh, they can both get at you really quick. Like you snap your fingers and they're, they're upon you. Well, and that's the thing with Beasley. You know, I haven't watched him for those years in Atlanta. Beasley is great if he's not the guy. Right. He's not good enough to be 
the guy that gets double teamed on every play and get to the quarterback. But if you put him into a talented defensive line, he's definitely got enough ability to beat one guy. And yeah, he's too too thin to be beating double teams. You can rotate guys in and out of that uh, Titans D line like crazy. So no, I, I really like I really like the Titans. I think that they are the class of that division, um, and I expect them to have a have a good season and, and be in the playoffs again. And who knows, maybe they could do some damage there because again, nobody plays football like the Tennessee Titans. If you don't have any wild card news in the AFC South, that means if by my count, if I unless I missed something, uh, that you're going to have two coming out of the last division that we'll discuss. So, do you have any wild card news here? I do, and I like oh, the Colts okay. to go to the oh. playoffs this year. Um, I think that their big change, getting Philip Rivers, getting some leadership at that position, putting him on a team with a stellar defense. And now you're giving him you're you're giving him an offense that doesn't look that much different than sort of like the heyday offense that he had when he was with the Chargers. He's got a really good running back in Marlon Mack. He's got T.Y. Hilton. He's got a certified go-to number one wide receiver. He's got a de- Jack Doyle, de- t- decent tight end. Um, and as long as they can stay healthy, a a pretty good offensive line and so a little bit of a little bit of stability there I think Rivers is a step up from Jake Brisket uh, who stays in there as the backup but it's that defense that defense in Indy is really good you know Darius Leonard sort of just anchors that thing and uh, yeah I really like the Colts I think the Colts can be a, a nice 10 win wild card yeah, run blocking is a real key strength of that line. It's uh, the the sort of hidden gem for the Colts is the way they run over everybody with that offensive line, and, and they they make Marlon Mack a, a superstar and a Pro Bowler. Uh, not you know not trying to discourage or or discriminate against Marlon Mack, but he's not quite as good as he looked at times. But he was getting some massive holes last year, uh, so they're really good up front. Uh, and Philip Rivers, uh, you know. Uh, in a dome for eight games uh, could be interesting. Could, uh, yeah, could really put up a lot of the same numbers uh, that he did with the Chargers. He'll be 39 in December, but, you know, 4,600 yards last year when he was 38, you know, it, that's promising. Uh, the 20 interceptions that we joked about a little earlier, that's not so promising. <laughs> no, uh, they stood out. Uh, they did, but uh, he does have a, the, a pros pro at wide receiver uh, in EY. So if there is a drop off, it, it will be that steep. Uh, Frank Reich is is really loving this uh, after a year of Jacoby Brissett. He's really got to be uh, enjoying having Philip Rivers come on uh, and, and run the show. Um, I had they won the, seven uh, games with last year with, with Jake Brisket. I understand with Jake Brisket. It's like within eight games with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. <laughs> I had the Colts and uh, my other wildcard team uh, that I have not mentioned yet and the uh, who I wound up picking for, uh, the Steelers. I had the Colts, the, my other wildcard team, and the Steelers as my three wildcard possibilities, and I had a real tough time. I actually thought about it for a long time before I eliminated the Colts, and, and basically the reason I did was Philip Rivers and that maturity. I, I harp on it and I talk about it a lot, but at some point, if it's going to be a, a close race for that last wild card spot between three teams, 
I just feel like Rivers will find a way to do something, whether it's a, a bad interception or he doesn't get a call, his team doesn't get a call that he thinks they should get, and he blows a gasket. Uh, he'll do something to, to screw up and, and give his team a disadvantage and put them in the hole, and, and he's he's good for that. He's just he's a red ass. He's always has been, and he always ah. will be, and and that's that's my final point that the, where I took them down. I was this close to putting the Colts in the playoffs along with you. That's interesting because I had the Steelers, and I think we're talking maybe about the same three teams. Um, I had the Colts getting in and the Steelers not getting in, so it'll be really interesting to see how we uh, end up going in the East. Um, but Houston I have as my third-place team. I, what are they doing? <laughs> what? Oh, Jesus Christ, Houston, Texas. What the hell are they doing? They got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. <sighs> Yeah, I could harp on that for for days. Bill O'Brien responded to lose, himself. He responds to losing that bombs away playoff battle with the Chiefs by dealing the only consistent weapon and one of the best wide receivers in football. That that's your response. That's how you think you're going to yes. uh, improve the team. Well, that's you, like you, when you, the Falcons gave up 48 points in the playoffs and decided they had to draft a wide receiver number one because <laughs> clearly the problem was that they needed to score 50 in that game. He's, that, was, he's done. that was Julio Jones, but just well, saying. Yeah, I was not a fan that. at the time. Right. <laughs> like, what are you doing? But, yeah, I, oh, that team. But 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 O'Brien's done after after this season, right? He's got to be. He can't keep doing this. He's he's awful. He's he is not a, a front office guy. He's he's bad at this. He's no, just, I, you got your wide your wide receiver core is Will Fuller who gets hurt who will get hurt. Brandon Cooks who he's is already hurt. hurt. Uh, Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills, Kiki Kute. Oh God. They just they they dug up the corpse of David Johnson to play. Come on, what are they doing? Good for Deshaun Watson for getting the bag. I'm, I'm happy for that. But your coach <sighs> traded Duke for David Johnson. Your team's fucked, son. I'm sorry. I, I hate to tell you. Now, if you would have traded him for David Johnson from four years ago, five years <laughs> right. ago, okay, two thousand yard, all two thousand all purpose yard, David Johnson, and he can return kicks and. God, I remember David Johnson for what was oh God, that had to be six, seven years ago, that game he had against the Bears where he was running punts back for touchdowns. Just oh. yeah, uh, once upon a time he was maybe he was the really good all around running back in the game. Yes. But that is such a but, short life sh- a lifespan position. You know, the, the shelf life on wide receiver running backs, I'm sorry, is so short. And yeah, you trade it away. A, a singular talent who, who I have oh. come down and said several times on this show might be the best or second best wide receiver in football. I mean, I have trouble with Julio not being number one, but. Um, and I've said he's one of the DeAndre, top three, I think, and I don't care what think, order you put I, him in. Yeah, I think DeAndre Hopkins is probably my number two. I don't even, I, I don't put Michael Thomas in the top, top two, so. Okay. Cause, because DeAndre Hopkins, to me, might even be number one, and I've made this case before because of the guys he's done it with. Yeah, yeah. The, There's been no drop-off in his production, and he has had some absolutely horrible uh, quarterbacks throwing him the football. You know, when you make Brock Osweiler look decent, then you, know, you must be special. So, yeah, I, I'm not impressed. 
with the uh, Texans at all, which is sad because I really like Deshaun Watson. So just not this year. And the Jaguars. Eh. Speaking of sad. Gardner Minshew. Come on. This is the worst team in football, and it's on purpose. This is going to be the worst team in football. The Jaguars are going to win three games. Maybe. And, and they're doing yeah. it on purpose. They got they'll, rid of everybody. Yeah. They still have good defense. <laughs> but it's hard to have a good defense when your offense punts every time they get the ball or throws a pig <laughs> or yeah, no, this is, this is about as bad as it gets. Is, uh, is this the, is this the Trevor Lawrence team? Tank for Trevor. You think that's what they're doing? Uh, they're, they're tanking for whatever. Uh, yeah, they're tanking for somebody, but they're tanking. They're clearly not trying to compete. They got rid of everybody of, of any kind of decent talent on that team. Just got rid of them. Such a shame when we remember how close they were to getting to the Super Bowl with Blake yeah. Bortles at quarterback, which would have been an amazing accomplishment. Um, this Minshew mania thing is going to suck out loud all year, and and it's all yes. on purpose, and it really sucks. He's not very good. No. But we get and to see him on Thursday nights. I don't know why people keep trying to make him good or, or pretend like he's any good. He, he, he's not. Come on. He's Gardner Minshew. All right, on to the AFC East. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, my sort of surprise here is not going to be too much of a surprise because uh, it sounds like we got the same two teams at the top. So one, two, three, four in the AFC East. Well, I've been telegraphing this for all a long time. Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets. And, yes, I have the Patriots as my other wildcard team. Are you crazy? You got the – Dolphins over the Jets. I got the Jets over the Dolphins. I don't. It, it's. I, I got uh, Bills, Patriots, Jets, Dolphins, and I have the Patriots as a wild card uh, as well. So yeah. How about that? So uh, yeah, no, I've. I don't have much more I can say. I, I was. Was there a bigger like advocate of the Bills than me last You've had year? Buffalo Bills pom poms for quite a while. I did. And I was telegraphing that about week 12 of last year that the Bills were winning this division this year, and I see no reason to change that uh, there. I think that the Bills are going to take that next step. Josh Allen, his, what was his problem? He overthrows everybody, so let's go get him a guy that he can't overthrow. <laughs> oh, you think he can't overthrow him? Watch I'm sure this. he can, but <laughs> this isn't Cole Beasley. And John and John Brown. <laughs> this isn't veteran. We talked about that like unsung veteran core that they had of wideouts that were just sort of like under the radar. And you add Stephon Diggs to that mix, mix and uh, you can still run the football. And yeah, uh, and I think Josh Allen just takes another project. He, you know, it's another year of the project, and we see how that progresses. And and that defense is just that's the best defense in football. I'm sorry, it, it just is. I mean, and they had, you know, we'll see if Josh Norman um, helps them, but you got Tredavious White on the other side. So, again, Josh Norman in a situation where he's not brought in to be the guy because what very well may be the best corner in the league is right across from him. Yeah, he's just a guy at this point. He's just a guy. And we just add him in there. And, yeah, I think the Bills are, uh, I think the, boy, the Bills are poised here. They won a lot of close games last year. Um, and we'll see if Josh Allen can take that next step. And if he if he develops any kind of rapport with Stephon Diggs, 
like, ooh, again, what the fight? What are you doing? But no. Um, <laughs> we keep saying it to these teams, but yeah, these teams getting rid of these wide receivers, they just must not be good locker room guys. I don't know, whatever. Um, I don't know, but the Bills definitely um, went and got the piece that you could see that they were missing. They needed instant offense, and they went and got some. I think they're, I think they're good enough to win the division this time. Well, it's another year for Project. It's also another year for Brian Dable as the OC, and I'm still not completely convinced that Brian Dable can coach a pro offense. I know he was great at Alabama, but this is not Alabama. Um, I think that's part of Project's deal is that he's got a coach that's also a bit of a project and, and trying to learn and figure things out. That team put together three quarters of unbelievable play uh, down in Houston for the playoff yeah. game and then just completely crumbled and fell apart. And so they've got that. And you know these teams can go one way or the other when that happens. They can either build off of that and get angry and say, oh, fuck that. We're going to come back next year and kick some ass and show everybody what we're really made of. Or they can go the opposite way and, and sort of melt and, and not ever be quite the same again. So I'm with you. I think the Bills will step up and go the other way and, and be stronger this year. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm still not completely convinced. Uh, you're adding Stefan Diggs. That's a big deal. But now the project is consistently airing it over his head. I'm just saying. Hey, nobody overthrows wide receivers better than Josh Allen. Maybe Mitch Trubisky. Oh, God. So that means we have the Patriots both finishing second. So the evil genius, he gets his quarterback in the end. He gets Cam Newton. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I I like the signing. We didn't talk about it at all uh, much in the uh, Kings of Non Sequitur months of the show, but I like the addition of Cam Newton to this offense. I never thought Jared Stidham was going to be the guy or this was even going to be a competition. You don't go and get a, a former league MVP uh, to come in and play that position. And I guess we'll find out how bad those Patriots wide receivers really are. Cause this, uh, this feels to be like a Ryan Tannehill situation. Well, we talked a little bit. I want to say we brought it up in passing about the yeah. Cam Newton signing. Cause we I do remember, it. yeah, I remember saying that there's so many options like the Jameis Winston, for instance, yeah. um, that if you have Cam Newton as Cam Newton as the MVP, then you have to take the chance on that. If you <clears throat> take the chance on Jameis Winston and you know what you're getting there, you know, you're getting some big plays, you know, you're getting a lot, a lot of turnovers as well that he's never played at an MVP level, at least Cam Newton has played at an MVP level, but you don't know if that's that Cam Newton, if he's ever going to be that Cam Newton again. But if that's your two choices, that was sort of the two sort of pre-agent quarterbacks out there. Then, yeah, you got to take, you got to go with Cam and and see what you got there. Uh, Because if he's back to being Cam, then that's, that's great. But uh, my deal with this off season is, Every 35 minutes or so, Bill Belichick is quoted somewhere heaping praise on Cam Newton, um, his competitiveness, his work ethic, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it, it's, it's a little uncomfortable to hear him talk him up that much. It almost makes me think, is he, is he really all right? Is it, you know, are we being snowballed here? Are we being, uh, <laughs> you know, is, is 
Belichick trying to make us think that this guy's really all that, and he's sort of setting up for cutting him in week six or something, because that's, that's Bill Belichick for you. That's his kind of thing. That's, that's what he would do. Um, I haven't smelled desperation like that, the way Belichick is talking him up, uh, since my, my friend Rory that you met before, uh, I, and I apologize if, if I've told this story on the show before, but we uh, we took Rory to his first strip club back when we were uh, we were both I think 20 years old. I was living with my uncle, and my uncle decides to take us out one night, but he doesn't tell us where he's taking us. And we look up after you know 20 30 minute drive, and we pull into the uh, parking lot of a strip club, and we're both like, oh yeah, this is gonna be awesome. All right, here we go. And it was our first both of our first times uh, at a strip club, but. Uh, it was a little bit more intense for Rory because he hadn't been with the woman at all yet at that point. So it was his first time not just being in a strip club, but it was his first time seeing anything uh, resembling a naked woman. And he just kind of sat there giggling for like an hour or so. And then finally, some woman came along like in this cat suit or leopard print suit or something like that. And must have gotten the vibe that he really liked her because she decided to like sit on his lap and purr in his ear and do all this other stuff to him and get him all revved up. And he's just sitting there grinning like a like a little kid. And uh, and it's it was all good until she got up finally and you notice a little drip 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 and just like what in the hell just happened? My man started bleeding from his nose. He got oh so excited <laughs> from this one uh, purring at him and whispering at him that he started dripping blood from his Damn. nose. Dude popped, <laughs> popped a gasket. <laughs> and the funniest part of it is the reaction that he had to it. It was to get up and run to a payphone, which is, this is back in the day when we didn't have cell phones. This is how old we are. <laughs> his reaction was to run to a payphone and call his mama. And tell her, Mama, I'm at a strip club and I got a nosebleed. Oh man! And I don't know what makes you think that that's the right cor- uh, course of action is to get up and call your mother when that happens. But yeah, that was uh, that's that's what Bill Belichick reminds me of right now is when he talks about oh Cam Newton is his work ethic is I've never seen anybody come in and work as hard as he does and he comes in early and he's so competitive he just wants to compete on the field and off the. He needs Cam Newton to be the old Cam Newton, man. This thing uh, with Tom Brady and, and making the decision to get rid of him, uh, it's a gutsy call. You got to admit all the history that they have, but he wants Cam to be the man so bad, and he is trying to talk him up like you've never seen before. And if this doesn't work out, Belichick will never hear the end of it. Belichick's going to be calling his mommy with a nosebleed? Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what it reminds me of. He just sounds so desperate, but we're we're both sort of, I guess, going with it and saying that Cam's going to to get his mojo back. Um, he, he gets to make his comeback throwing to now. This is this is an issue now. I don't know how you feel about this throwing to eighty year old Julian Edelman and guys. Yeah. So how are we? Uh, how are we on that? Yeah. Well, we get to, we actually get to see if Nikhil Harry can play right because he was supposed to be a bust, but he was also supposed to be that speed guy. And Tom Brady 
and speed guys. It's been a long time since Tom Brady had a useful enough arm to get the ball downfield. This isn't, this isn't uh, you know, 10, 10, 11 years ago when he had Randy Moss. So it'd be interesting to see. That's why I said that we might have a Ryan Tannehill situation because the, the, the big negative press was on all of these wide receivers. Oh, Tom Brady, he just doesn't have any weapons. These guys are all busters. Well, let's, we'll find out. I'm going with Tom Brady doesn't have the arm to get the ball to all these open wide receivers because Tom Brady's best offensive play was to massively underthrow guys so that the DB would run <laughs> into them and get pass interference. So we're going to see a lot of that in Tampa this year. Philip Dorsey was supposed to be a speed guy too. He never amounted to anything either. Yeah, I'd, I'd see, take it. Uh, a lot of DBs running through Mike Evans because the ball's ten yards behind him, bouncing on the turf. Yeah, I, I take your point. Uh, that we're going to see if any of these other receivers are going to be any good because you got a guy that can actually get the ball to him now. And yeah, yeah we're, we're and both. I, I don't want to see Cam Newton trying to be Superman, Cam Newton. He, yeah, I don't think he can to, do that anymore. He needs to rein it in. I'm, I'm hoping that the, you know Belichick and uh, Josh McDaniels that they can sort of like, you know, grab this guy by the shoulder pads and just rein this guy in because Cam Newton can throw the football. Cam, Cam Newton has always been a decent thrower of the football. He throws a he throws a line drive. He doesn't throw anything with touch. Um, <laughs> everything everything comes in hot, but. He can stand there. He can take it. He needs to play. He, he needs to become like Ben Roethlisberger back there. You know, he, he's hard, he's a hard dude to bring down. But what I don't want to see is him in space uh, getting jacked up by guys or getting taken out of the sideline by guys. Yeah, I don't think Belichick is going to let him uh, be his own goal line back anymore. I don't think he's going to give him that freedom because he knows how important he is. You got to keep him on the field. Yeah. Yeah, if Cam Newton runs this year, I'm hoping it's it, – it, he might have some designed ones. I'm okay if they want to add in some wrinkle. You couldn't do that with Tom Brady. So that he's got a little bit of a toy that he never had before. But don't put this guy in, in, in harm's way too often, you know, because I don't think it's going to end well. Cam Newton's already had a bad arm, a bad leg, um, was the shoulder. He couldn't, he couldn't even throw a football for who knows how long. And then he came back and did it before he was even ready. So keep this guy healthy. And I think I'm uh, also putting a lot of value on Belichick as well. You've already talked uh, about how, how great of a coach he is. Uh, 12 and four last year with, with that rag arm of Brady because of uh, the defense. Um, so I don't know if they're going to get to 12 again or anything close to that, but they're not going to fall off. The, 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 the fall off is not going to be very steep. Um, and Belichick can't, he, he can't fall off. He's, he's too good and he's too desperate right now. Uh, to let them fall off too far. So, yeah, we both got the Patriots uh, making the playoffs. Yeah, Belichick's record without Brady, uh, very good. Uh, don't have to spend too much time on the Jets or the Dolphins. We got them flip-flop three and four, and yeah, so what? I'm not – no, for what, Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic? Uh, <laughs> turnover Bernie Sanders starts the year until Tua takes over. I'm not a big Tua guy. Uh, Tua does not – I don't think Tua uh, – yeah, we'll see. No, well, they they I'm got not, their guy. They were clearly taken for two all last year, and they they got him. They anyway. were, and they still got him at five. Yep. So they, they won five up, more you know, games, ended, and they deserved to win. They ended the Patriots dynasty, and they still got their guy. <laughs> they sure did. And, and, and 
give Brian Flores some credit. They 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 showed up when they could have easily lost everything. The Dolphins showed up. It's a fantastic coaching job. It really was. It was another one of those we talked about it some during the season. Obviously, we didn't give him any any best coach of the year, or any of that. But yeah, you want to talk about a team that was just dead to rights and getting their doors blown off every game. I mean, they were twenty point. Uh, 20-point dogs, like, every week. It was like it was almost like, how big of a dog can the Dolphins be? And then at a certain point during the season, it was like, that started to flip. And the Dolphins became like a value pick. But I got them last uh, in the division this year because it doesn't matter who the quarterback is if they can't average more than 3.3 yards per carry. That's awful. Uh, the defense still sucks. Yeah. Uh, so I actually got them worse I, than the Jets. Yeah, I think I think the Jets and the Dolphins could <laughs> easily both finish 5-11 and 11 or 4-12. and 12. Right. Uh, as far as the Jets, I don't want to sound like uh, I think Sam Darnold is some great shakes, but uh, similar to Dwayne Haskins in Washington, who's he supposed to throw to? How do you know how good Darnold is? Their best receiver is Jameson uh, Crowder. Yeah. Yeah, because Richie Anderson's gone, right? That's right. Uh, and not, all the guys left good. behind is just, no, not good at all. Yeah, and Le'Veon yeah. Bell isn't what Le'Veon Bell used to be either. He's a massive mistake, it looks like, uh, unfortunately for them. Um, but I have them over the Dolphins because Greg Williams' defense. They they, they, they got the bounty gate out again or something, but uh, that, that Jets' D is definitely better than, than people think they are. They beat up the, the Cowboys when they came in. They got a lot more wins than, than I think they probably deserve to, and, and I think they're going to be seven. probably just a, yeah, they got seven. Yeah, that's that's way more than I think most people thought, so I think they're going to be a hair better than the than the Dolphins again. All right, and just like last year, then. So you've got uh, just yep. basically, you've got the same division, but yours is flipped at the top. At the, at the bottom? No, you 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 flipped it. From, last year it was Jets. Oh, Dolphins. from last year, you're right, right, right. Last year, yep. you, this year you flipped the Bills and the Patriots, so. All right, well, that's our right. AFC. That is. That leaves us thirty-seven minutes for the uh, for the NFC. <laughs> the entire yeah, NFC. Let's, right on time. Yeah, exactly. Let's start off with the NFC West. How do you see the NFC West shaking out one through four? Uh, maybe in a bit of a surprise. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a surprise at the top. I do like the Forty Niners again. Uh, they are the uh, class of that division. But I'm going to go Niners, Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals. Okay. Uh, you're right. It's a, it's a little bit of a surprise because it's different for me in the middle. With the I got the Seahawks two, and the Rams three. But yeah, uh, that's it. Uh, same number one and same number four. Yeah, and I have the Rams as one of my two wild cards. Oh, okay. So yeah, is Forty Niners what four minutes away from winning the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Um. You know, the offense takes a little a little bit of a hit. Um, a little bit of a hit. They, there was Emmanuel Sanders, who they signed the 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 professional at the position. He's now gone, so we get a lot of uh, Debo Samuel, which they, who they gave up on in the Super Bowl, fortunately, with those little those little wide receiver screens that were giving them all those big chunks of yards. Uh, they signed. They, was Brandon Ayuk is their big um, their draft draft player. Yeah, but they've got what the best, if not the second best tight end in the league in George Kittle. We get another year, Jimmy Garoppolo, one of the best defenses in the league. They, this was the team, I believe, that scored the most points 
last year in football, the 49ers, I don't think any – so that, that Shanahan offense um, kept rolling. So, it's yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of good things going on with San Francisco, and I have no reason to think that they uh, won't win the division again handily. Uh, but whether Janine Garofalo, he is the uh, maybe the most frustratingly inconsistent player in the league because we all saw how dominant that team could be. You talked about how many points they scored more than anybody else. Uh, when he's playing sharp, they that offense is just humming. You you can't do anything with them, and then they decide to run the ball down your throat, and you can't do anything with that either. If they run eight times in a row and you can't stop them, then, you know what are you going to do? But some some games he just didn't show up. Garoppolo did. Uh, the opposing D has to be prepared because they can run, they can throw with anybody. Uh, so when he does show up, they're just as tough as, as as it gets in the league. But some games he just is just not there. It's crazy. But yeah, Robert Sala's uh, crazy defense. Uh, that's just a nightmare for everybody. They bring back everybody. They're just loaded. So. Got to stay with the Niners, number one in that division for sure. Yeah, I and mean, I went with the Rams as a bit of a – I know it's a bit of a surprise. I'm sure, I know you have the Seahawks second. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people do. I went with the Rams, a bit of a, bit of a post-hype team with the Rams. I think they kind of fell off last year. You know, they had that sort of disastrous Super Bowl performance. And so often you have these teams, they kind of get that – that losing team gets that Super Bowl hangover, and they don't really – Nothing really looked good. I mean, they were even taught ESPN was even trying to court their coach away to come and work in the Monday <laughs> Night Football booth. I mean, what? The guy, this guy just went to the Super Bowl. That's how desperate ESPN is to get somebody in the booth. Um, yeah, you're finished. You're washed up. You're you're done. Come on. Yeah, come on. Yeah, you're only a year removed away from this, like you know, charmed season. Uh, the talent's still there. I mean, they have a talent. I mean, they they have a good defense. They have a really good offense. They can get Cooper Cup healthy for a whole year, um, who Jared Goff really had a good rapport with. I think that helps them a lot. They lose Todd Gurley. Is that a bad thing? We'll see. Um, so Malcolm Brown sort of becomes the guy. But, no, I, I think the Rams and – they, they, and, they, and they they woke up in the second half. They, they had a decent second half. They started making that run towards that last wild card spot late after they had that really rough patch early in the season and you started to see sort of like, oh, okay, the Rams are, you know, starting to kind of get back into form, but season ran out on them. And I, I think they can get back to there again. I think they're a tougher team than what, you know, I think it's easy to write them off after losing the Super Bowl, looking as bad as they did, and then that sort of that first half of last season. And you got to think, with no road issues or at least – a lot less yeah. road issues because there's no road crowds or whatever. Jared Goff, he can play like an MVP now. He's got no road crowds to worry about. We, <laughs> we right. laugh well, all year at those. He wasn't so good in the neutral site either. Well, that's true. But we laughed that he had. But now with no road fans, it's his time to shine. Let's go. Yeah. They were four and, hey, they were four and four on the road last year. Yeah, but some of those games he looked just the worst. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy, Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo could almost be the same guy. They really could. They are like so if, inconsistent. If you get good Goff or good Garoppolo, you, you were un, the other. Your team's unbeatable because your both teams play really good defense, and if your quarterback just shows up, sky's the limit. So, I like the Rams this year. 
Uh, I got them down uh, to three because they'll miss Brandon Cooks as a as a weapon. Though Josh Reynolds has shown flashes and may step up. Uh, Sean McVay shuffled both his coordinators in the offseason, so that feels like a bit of a desperation move as well. If golf isn't more consistent, it could be could be trouble on the horizon for 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 old the old man Sean McVay. Oh boy, it might be in the booth. <laughs> Um, so Seattle, uh, second for me and third for you, uh, the Seahawks are just the Seahawks. You, you sort of know what you're getting, right? When, when the Seahawks take the yeah. field, but that's, but that's another situation where you, it, it's, uh, one of, if not the best home field advantages in, in all of football. And now you got no home crowd. You got the, the decibel level is going to be 75 maxed out. That's the place that I think of the most when I think about the decibel levels because, you know, uh, the primetime football shows, uh, uh, Sunday yeah. Night Football, Monday Night Football, they love putting up that decibel count when they're at Seattle and showing you how loud they can get. It gets up to 120, 118, stuff like that. Um, and now we're talking 75. It's not anywhere near the same. So that that's a big loss for them. Um, but I still think they're just – they're just solid. They're a quality team. Russell Wilson is playing uh, at an MVP level every year. His decision-making, uh, all those metrics, uh, whatever website you want to trust and, and find that great quarterback play, he's right up there in, in decision-making every year now. Um, I saw a stat on, on a website that said that the Seahawks trailed more than they led last year in the first quarter, the second quarter, and the third quarter. The only quarter that they led more than they trailed was in the fourth quarter. So the whole league knows what's going on. Seattle run, run, and Russ bomb. First down, run. Second yeah. out, run. Third down, up. Oh, we we got to throw yeah. Russ out there for a Russ bomb. That O is so predictable for the first three quarters, and the only way they shake that and play better is in the fourth when they let Russ cook. You got to let Russ cook more. You have to. Carroll had to know this. A lot of people have bad uh, opinions about Pete Carroll as a coach. I think he's a very fine coach. He's he's, he's got some issues. He's a little arrogant. He's a little stubborn. But he's not. He knows this. He has to know this. He has to know this. He's got to let Russ cook more. I, I just I got to think that got to be smart and, and let that happen this year. And if they don't, yeah, I'll agree with you. If the Rams on top of the Seahawks, I think they have to. Uh, figure this out and, and do it their way because everyone knows what they're doing now. You know what the best thing is going for Russell Wilson right now because in the Seahawks is Russell Wilson needs to stay healthy because do you know who his backup is? <laughs> You've told me before and I keep forgetting, but it's somebody. Yes. No, no, no. It's even worse than you think. <laughs> oh God, Gino Smith. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. You definitely don't want Geno Smith on the field. So yeah. I had no idea that was the backup. Ooh. And the Cardinals, yeah, we, we get we, we, Kyler Murray. He's he's fun, right? Sure. Uh, we'll see if DeAndre Hopkins uh, makes him look good too. I'm sure he will. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But of course, the Cardinals' problem uh, in the division with Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Russ Wilson. The Cardinals yeah. gave up eight yards per pass attempt. You are going to get destroyed if your defense is that bad, and I don't think they've gotten too much better. I don't think they improved that defense at all. 
no. No, and, and, and their their running game stinks. Kenyon Drake is now oh R B one? Oh boy. Okay. They'll yeah. be fun though. I like those yeah. fun bad teams. And the Arizona Cardinals, I believe this year will be the definition of fun bad. <laughs> I I agree with that. Oh, our NFC North, where you're both uh, very familiar with it, even though we no longer live in Chicago. You're still up there in the in the NFC North yep. country in Wisconsin. So how do you see right. the NFC North shaking down? All right. I am going to go Vikings, Packers, Bears, and Lions. And I do not have a wild card from this division. I am going to go Vikings, Packers, Lions and Bears, as much as it hurts oh me to do. Oh, my. <laughs> Lions and last place Bears. Oh, my. And, and uh, that, that pains me to do that. It also pains me to pick a wild card team from this division. It's going to be the Cheeseheads. I'm taking Green Bay as a team. Okay, so you basically got the Packers and the Vikings just flipped from last year. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I had the Vikings first place. Uh, I, I did not like them getting rid of Stephon Diggs, but they can run the football. Hey, Kirk Cousins, he won a playoff game, right? He, he got the monkey off of his back. Finally. They won the game down in New Orleans, a uh, tough place to play. He made some clutch throws. That, that's a we'll, – we'll see if Justin Jefferson uh, ends up being the guy – uh, to replace Stefan Diggs, but he, he's got really good rapport with Adam Thielen. They've got a world-class tight end. He's easily top five tight end in the league. And losing Trey Waynes and uh, <laughs> Xavier Rhodes might actually make that defense better. Who knows? But all I know is we won't be – it shouldn't just be guy getting beat and tugging the other guy to the ground constantly like it was with those two. So they have a solid defense. Uh, Stephon Diggs, just I guess, I guess he had to go. Uh, probably made the biggest play in Minnesota Vikings history uh, down there in New Orleans on the uh, that that I don't even know what the name. But what do we do? They even have a name for that play? I'm sure they do up in Minnesota. I'm sure they call it something. Um, something in New Orleans. They just call it the blown coverage play. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, no, I, I think that the Vikings can be really good. And, you know, there's something to be said. For, Miracle for in Ken- Minneapolis, right? Yeah. There's, there, there's, yeah. There's something to be said for getting Kirk Cousins that playoff win. And, uh, you know, sometimes you do need to get that monkey off your back and, and, and play a little bit more free and easy. And then that was a big one. They ran into a buzzsaw against uh, the 49ers, but a lot of teams uh. did. That game was just atrocious, especially for me who picked Minnesota against uh, yeah. the 49ers. And the 49ers did, went to, did the same thing to the Packers the very next week. So um, just ran them both out of the building. But yeah, yeah the, Vikings, the Vikings uh, take a step forward this year. Well, they, they need Yannick Ngakwe to rediscover his, his inner dog, which everyone in Jacksonville seemed to have lost that inner dog over the last couple of years. So, yeah, but he had um, a good team do that. Yeah, he really uh, fell into a nice spot. The Vikings are, I, I had to uh, tweet at, uh, at Cavs from Football Fan Rush Radio, the world's biggest Vikes fan, and told her how lucky she was uh, that they, they got a, they got their hands on Ngakwe. I'm a huge Ngakwe fan. I think 
uh, in a in a fresh start in in a new town uh, on a really good veteran team. Uh, he's going to really make a difference. How about Kirk Cousins talking about uh, catching coronavirus? Did you hear his comments about that? If he gets it, he gets it. If he dies, I die, he dies. I die. <laughs> wow, that explains the playing die. style. We're all going to die. <laughs> right? That, that, that explains how he plays football, doesn't it? You like that? You like that? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't like that at all. Surprising um, for us, though. But we both we, we we both haven't taken that step forward, and the Packers taking that step back. Well, yeah, Mike Zimmer brings in uh, Gary Kubiak to try to tame Cousins a little bit, so that'll help as well. You get the confidence from the playoff win, like you were talking about. Uh, BC Johnson gets the opportunity to replace the production of Stephon Diggs. I've actually noticed BC a few times uh, over the last year or two. Uh, I think he's got some uh, potential. Uh, and the D, I think the, this might be one of those situations, the defense might be salty from what San Francisco did to them. I mean, they basically bent them over and, and exposed yeah. them in that playoff game. So if the D is still, you know, okay, we, we took an ass whooping, but now we got to, you know, shed these cornerbacks that were so terrible for us and, and start over fresh back there and uh, uh, adding Gakway and, and, and get a little revenge on the rest of the league. Uh, yeah, they, I think they can – uh, turn that around and, and make some hay out of that. So, yeah, I do have them stepping up uh, past the Packers right now. Yeah, and I think the Packers had a bit of a charmed life last year. I mean, that was a 13-3. and three. Well, That wasn't the world's most impressive 13-3. and three. Uh, A lot of close decisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they they pulled a lot of games out. They, they, they hung on to a lot of games. Um, but – you know, hey, they won. At the end of the day, you still, hey, we won the game. But when you are plus 10 in the win column and you're only plus 63 in the points, uh, I don't know. There's, there's going to be a, a little bit of a leveling off. And, and I think that, it, you know, in the Vikings, <laughs> the funny, funny thing about the Vikings was the Vikings differential last year was plus 104, and they won three less games. Right. You know. But the Vikings, here's the issue, and here it is right here. Packers, 6-0 and in the division last year. Vikings, 2-4. and That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it, but I also don't see that repeating. So, right. you know, I think that they those two teams each maybe take a, maybe a one or a two-game two difference, and, you know, Packers, Packers drop down into a second place, but I do have them out of the playoffs this year. Well, we They'll know one thing. Tough out. I mean, I don't think I, I, mm-hmm. I, mean, I still think this is eight and eight, nine and seven territory for them. But I, I, I do, I do see a little bit of a leveling off. I don't know if there's a how much that coach and that quarterback are gelling. But we know Aaron Rodgers is going to be motivated as hell to ball out this year because we got Jordan Love standing there on the, on the sideline watching him, and you know he's not happy about that. He's already expressed that. So we'll see. I think if. I mean, if Aaron we'll Rodgers has got one more great season in him, I think you're going to see it this year. So that's why I got them uh, getting a couple, getting some double-digit wins uh, yeah. and, and making it back to the playoffs. Yeah, 13 wins again? Hell no. No, I, yeah. I'm definitely not calling for that. Well, yeah, all, to, all I'll say is you got him in the playoffs, you get Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, that just makes him dangerous, right? Damn right. And I tell you uh, what, the, the the young physical secondary for the Packers as well. We've talked about that ever since they started over and started drafting young guys, and, and now they've turned it around. And now that's that's a strength now for, for that secondary. It's the strength of the team. 
um, yeah. and, and they get another year of experience. So I think that I'll makes a big difference as well. I, I don't know if it bears out in the statistics, but I because I don't know what the turnovers were like or anything, but I can tell you watching the Packers games is, yes, they have a very young, very physical secondary. None of them can catch. Well, that's why they're in the secondary. <laughs> I understand that, but you got to turn these guys over. you got to make some picks. <laughs> Uh, you got the Bears followed all the way to last place, which means uh, you want to talk up the Vikings, or do you just think they're both trash? Uh, I referenced the uh, Lions. Not the Vikings, the Lions. Right. Uh, as far as the Bears, I referenced uh, a tweet that uh, that I saw after Mitch Trubisky won the quote unquote won the starting job uh, in a grueling training camp battle with Nick Foles. Um, I saw a tweet and I retweeted it that said, uh, imagine passing on Cam Newton and Jameis Winston in this offseason for a million dollars to give up a four, a fourth round pick for Nick Foles and guaranteeing him $21 million. And then after all that, you stick with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, Ryan Pace is done. This is this is it for all of them. Ryan Pace is, is done. Uh, the Trubisky is done. All of them are are blown out after this season. I think it's going to be curtains for the Bears. I think it's uh, the defense can only do so much uh, when that offense is so inconsistent. When that quarterback is so, that I had once pr- uh, proclaimed before, I'm on record of, as doing that. I did it. I can't take it back. But he just doesn't know what the fuck he's doing from week to week out there. Uh, and yeah, you're gonna bring in Foles and, and give up uh, a pick and everything, and then you're gonna make Trubisky the guy anyway. You already said he's gonna be taken down, uh, Trubisky yep. eventually, uh, whatever week that's Marcus gonna be. Marcus Mariota so, a year ago. Yeah, so eventually it's gonna be Foles. But my point is, it's Nick Foles. So what are we talking about? Would you take him down and you put up Nick Foles? What what so Super what? Super Bowl what MVP that Nick Foles. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's why I got the Bears uh, last because I think the whole thing is is reeks of desperation. I think uh, Nagy just did that to try to appease the everyone screaming for Trubisky's head. But this is his guy. This is Pace's guy. They're going to stick with, with with Trubisky until the very last second. They might stick with him uh, all the way to close to the end of the season. They may not make that change as early as we think they are. So. I, I think every I think after it's all said and done, it's not going to matter that every everybody's gone after the season. Everything now I'm done. Whole thing's just over with. Uh, I just think the Lions are that bad. That, that's why I have <laughs> the Lions are brutal. Well, it's week. It's year three of the Matt Patricia era. Your guy, uh, your favorite coach. Oh, uh, maybe that is. <laughs> They started to find a running game. They finally found a guy who could run the football, and they still stink. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long search trying to find a running back. It's been years since they had a decent one. And Matthew Stafford, it just it's just he's going to have one of those woulda, coulda, shoulda careers, isn't he? Like all the talent in the world, but never gonna he's just always gonna be remember that guy who never really got the over the hump or that guy who you know was was really good but he was always on bad teams that's Matthew Stafford yeah, it's gonna be uh him it's gonna be Matty Ice it's gonna be Philip Rivers it's gonna be guys that put up a lot of yards and and played a lot of years in the NFL and really didn't do much anything 
well, at least Matty Ice, you know, won an MVP and almost won a Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford hasn't even sniffed either one. That's, that's true, but yeah, a lot of yards, though. Yeah, 5,000 yards every year, though. Great. Good job, guy. <laughs> you're, you're, you're Jeff Blake. Um, yeah, the Lions, it feels like uh, if they don't jump up at least five wins from that 312 and one, it's probably curtains for, for Matt Patricia as well. I think you might have a couple of coaches get fired in this division. Um, he's supposed to be, you know, the next Belichick and, and the, the defensive genius and uh, that dead fucking last and pass defense. They're just bad. And, and they bring in a new coordinator, the Eagles DB coach, Corey Unlin. Uh, they, they did, they, I, this, this part I liked, uh, they did not get cute in the draft. They had the number three pick and their defense is terrible. Their pass defense is awful. And they just said, okay, fuck it. We're going to take this lockdown cornerback, Jeffrey Okuda. We're not going to trade down. We're not going to trade for more picks. We're not going to draft somebody else at a different position. We know what we need to, to address and we know what we're terrible at. And they addressed it. So that part was positive. I, I like that. So they're going to be much better on pass defense this year than they were last year. So that, that's, a, that's a positive for them. Once an ass clown, always an ass clown. <laughs> well, there you go. On to the NFC South. How do you see the NFC South playing out? Ah, probably my most shocking division. Ooh. I could get my phone to open up here. But because I'm such a homer. And I'm buying into that second half. I'm going Falcons, Saints, huh. Bucks, Panthers. <sighs> you, you and your Falcons. You know, and I bought it all the way in last year. I'd almost forgotten that that was my Super Bowl pick you last Super, year. I don't have a Super Bowl. <laughs> um, and any wild cards coming out of this division? No. No. No, no, no last ride for Drew Brees. No last ride for Drew Brees. No, no, no playoffs for Tommy <laughs> or Teddy. Uh, yeah, definitely not for Teddy. I am going Saints one. I am going Bucks two, and I'm going Falcons three and Panthers four. I think a lot of so people we, are here going. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I've shocked myself by, by doing that. I did not expect to pick uh, Tommy and, and the Buccaneers to finish second at the division. But uh, for some reason, I like them better than the Falcons. Oh, that's okay. I mean, I, I, just, I think this is the last ride for Dan Quinn, but I really saw something from them in the second half. I think that they, they realize where their bread is buttered on that offense, and that is that Matt Ryan throws the ball to Julio Jones every, on every play. And if you do that, you can go to San Francisco and win a football game. I mean, you're, you're that good. He's that good. And uh, they got Todd Gurley. I don't expect anything out of Todd Gurley. If Todd Gurley even stays healthy, that would be a win. Um, they went and got the tight end from Baltimore. They went and got Hayden Hurst. We'll see if you know Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's always liked his tight end, so we'll see if he can make something out of Hayden Hurst. Um, on paper, this is a top five defense if they can stay healthy. And that's the, the four were if they can stay healthy, mm-hmm. the four most important words for that Atlanta defense because or you five. had them going all the way if they yeah five if you had them going all the way to the Super Bowl on the strength of that defense I and did. by by week three half those guys were on injured reserve 
So these guys stay healthy. I, I the talent's there. We 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 saw that run, that six and two run that they finished out at the end of last season, and that, I don't think that that was a fluke. Um, you know, why were they so bad early? All those guys were hurt. Why were they so good late? Those guys started coming back, and they started making an impact. Oh, and by the way, whatever Yahoo they have running that offense decided that Matt Ryan <laughs> is one hell of a combo. Which also you would think they would keep figuring that out. Yeah, which also made, and then all of a sudden, because Julio's going off every game, now Calvin Ridley is just wide open all the time. Yeah, Dirk Hutter, I think, uh, should have figured that out a long time ago. And the, but, I, but I also kind of think that's why I don't have them under this year, because you didn't know that before. How do you not know to go to Julio Jones? What? How do you not know that already? Um, also, momentum from last December, that's not a thing. No, um, so. but that's a team that whooped the Saints, whooped, whooped the Saints, um, and went out to San Francisco and won. San Francisco only lost three games last year. I, I understand so they, all that. They have it in them. I know this is a team that has it in them, and I'm being a bit of a homer. If you can have the White Sox go okay. to the World I can have the Falcons win the division. All right. I, we we pulled we put our cards on the table and admit why we were, were making these picks and that's all you can do. That's uh, all you can say. I don't play Homer very often, but they can surprise some people. I'm not as like I'm not, not that was the one you gave me all the crap about. Um but yeah, this will be my shocking one if this can happen because that's two that that's two teams everybody's all hot shit for behind them I have in the Saints and the Bucks. Yeah, the uh, the the Saints uh, one last ride for for Drew Brees, Sean Payton, uh, the whole gang. They deserve a, a loud Superdome making them on. That's not going to happen, unfortunately. Um, but even with that, appreciate that triplets combo of Brees and Alvin Kamara and can't guard Mike because I don't think there's a better trio in all of football. I really don't. Um, and, and Breeze, that's even with Breeze falling off the way he has the last couple of years. He's not the Breeze that he was. Uh, he's already aging out. It's probably going to be his last year, I would guess. Um, but I think there's one more run left in him. Uh, the key uh, of Breeze, uh, the, the key is the talented secondary, actually, uh, uh, of the of the Saints. And that makes most the games a, a W for the Saints instead of those 40-point shootouts that we're used to seeing them have in that Superdome just back and forth with whatever team um, that's been uh, uh, the, the sort of the trapping of the saints is they think they could just outshoot everybody. And their defense was so bad that they look up and go, how did we lose that game? We threw for 600 yards and scored 40 points. Uh, the other team got 48 because your defense is terrible. Um, but they've sort of shored that up in the last year or so. And, and I think that's the big key for the saints. Yeah, I don't know. I just got that weird feeling about them this year. Like they they have had their souls crushed, their hearts ripped out so many times the last few years in the playoffs, and you know I don't know. Well, no, I, I get that point. That's kind of how and, I feel about the. I want to see, I wanna see how, how how Drew Brees plays with this year being sort of like the Drew Brees apology tour. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> 
Yeah, that, that whole situation. Uh, I, I think a lot of people have already forgotten about that. So I, I, I don't, don't think that will be a thing. <laughs> no, we, we don't forget. No, I, I kind of feel that way about the Falcons as far as um, – like the window closing and they, they've had their hearts ripped off. Cause I feel like the Falcons window sort of closed at 28 to three. You know what I mean? Like that, that's it. You had it, it was there and they kind of haven't been the same since. And so maybe I shouldn't have picked them to win the title obviously last year, but, uh, but yeah, that's kind of, you feel the same way about the Saints that I feel about the Falcons. So that's interesting how we get that uh, sort of flip flopped. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, you know, sort of like the last ride. It's like, how many times can you have the last ride end the way these last rides have ended? Uh, so we'll see. And then uh, Tommy and the Bucks. Oh, you got him in second. Do you have him making the playoffs? I do not. Um, yeah, neither do really, I. You really can't blame Bruce Arians for taking a chance, though, on Tommy after trying to coach Jameis Winston for a year because that'll make anyone go crazy. Um but there's just, there's just not going to be as many explosive plays out of this arm. It's just not going to happen. No. So. And, and and this is, you know, and Tom Brady over the last four or five years had become such a timing guy, right? Swing passes to the running backs, Julian Edelman on all those little crazy rub routes where he creates the separation. This is a, this is a Bruce Arians offense minus the quarterback. Everything else about this offense other than Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady, the pieces that you plucked away. Because Rob Gronkowski is not a vertical threat anymore either. That's O.J. Howard. That, that's, that's the other guy. He's the guy who's supposed to be the, the, the Bruce Arians tight end. And it's almost like they caved in to Tommy and had to bring him in a guy he's comfortable with at the tight end spot who doesn't fit the Bruce Arians offense. So it would be really interesting to see, especially I'm not going to be big on these teams early that made all these wholesale changes because you haven't had the chance to put any of this into practice against other teams and, and to see how this looks. I'm sure Tommy looks awesome in practice. Maybe he does. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I'm sure it all looks great. And you're going to hear all the right things, but I don't, I don't know. I, I don't see Tom Brady helming a well-oiled machine or a Bruce Arians offense effectively with that arm. Yeah, um, there's, there's not going to be as, <clears throat> excuse me, as many mistakes uh, as with Jameis Winston, but there's not going to be as many big plays either. So it's going to be a whole different team, a whole different unit. Um, yeah, so that's a lot of change to expect uh, a whole lot of success, but I will get them over 500. I get them nine wins, maybe even 10. Um, it, mostly, actually, uh, the defense is another uh, – key for the for the Buccaneers. That's another scary, uh, uh, sneaky good defense. Shaq Barrett developing into a league MVP. Um, I think the Buccaneers uh, can surprise a whole lot of people just based on their D. It's better. <laughs> I don't think it's great, but it's definitely better than some of the defenses that they've put out there mm-hmm. uh, in years past. So I, I will agree with you there. And Carolina just not a lot of sizzle there after Chris McCaffrey, right? Uh, no, it's Teddy Bridgewater, who was a really nice story running that running that uh, Sean Payton offense, and uh, yeah. So it leaves us one division in five minutes, and we have to make a pick. So how but do you want to division? Do- so division that none of us, uh, that neither one of us care much about, is the NFC East. So we uh, one, two, three, four. 
and we'll discuss it in more depth and more detail in the after show, and then we'll make our pick. We'll do our one, two, three, four. We'll do our pick and our Super Bowl picks before we go to – or do you want to do the Super Bowl picks after that, after the NFC East, so we're done? Yeah, one, two, three, four, then our Super Bowl picks, then then we'll pick the Thursday night game. Two, three, four, real quick. Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, football team. <laughs> Guys, that name is so stupid. Um, I'm going Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, football team. Okay. All I'm right. Cowboys as a wild card team. All right. So let me see. I do have the Eagles as a wild card team. Okay. I have the Eagles, the Rams uh, as a wild card team here. I always like to. Uh, I'll go through here my AFC championship this year. I have the Ravens over the Pats in the AFC. In the NFC, I have the Vikings over the Niners. So I have a Ravens Vikings Super Bowl. Mm. And for me. Um, I have the Ravens in the AFC. I think I heard an echo. <laughs> I oh. also have the Baltimore Ravens winning the AFC. Um, and I have the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees making oh. one more run. Last run. Uh, one I last the, run. I have the Ravens winning the Super Bowl this year. My Super Bowl champ is Drew Brees, one last run and wow. retire. Drew right. Brees and the New Orleans Saints to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> and go out on top. That's right. All right. And with that, it's time to make our first pick of the season. If I can get down to the whistle. Where is it? Thursday night football. I do, too. Thursday night football to open the season. Tomorrow night is the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs in a rematch of just a bonkers playoff game last year, divisional round where the uh, Texans are up 21 points in the first quarter, looking like they're going to trounce the Kansas City Chiefs at home. And next thing you know, the Chiefs have come all the way back and taken the lead by halftime and wind up winning the game by 20. Um, Just unreal. Uh, so, however it shakes down, the Texans are a nine-point underdog tomorrow night at the Chiefs without the home field advantage, but the Texans without New Hopkins, so that maybe evens things out. Jason, who you got? Yeah, I usually uh, don't predict scores for games, but just based on the fact that I've been thinking about a score for this game all week, and I came up with Chiefs 41 <laughs> and Texans 20, uh, not only am I going to take the Chiefs, I am going to call it an opening night lock of the week. Lock it away to open the season? Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's quite bold. I probably should lock it away as well because my score pick is Chiefs 34, Texans 19. I will also <laughs> take Kansas City to cover the nine points. Yeah. And I actually have this as a 13 to 10 game at halftime. <laughs> I even thought about that. Like it's going to be just this brutal mistake filled first half. <laughs> and then the chiefs score four touchdowns in the second half and win 41 to 20. Because as we know, if it's close at halftime, then the chiefs got them right where they want them, right, right where they want them. <laughs> <I'll> even... <laughs> uh, 
I think nine. Yeah, nine. How do you get a? You get a. You don't get many value picks in week one. I'll take it. <laughs> and if you're the Texans and you go up a lot in the first half, yeah, be be afraid. Be and if you're afraid. the if you're the Texans and you're down big at any point. All right, now we're into our VIP after show. If you're the Texans at any point here in this game, especially if it's the second half and you're down big and you look on the sideline and go, "Where? wait, where's the guy who could get us back in the – oh, wait, we traded him away. Oh, wait. Oops. We traded him for David Johnson. <laughs> oh, the guy who won't get you back in the game. Probably the guy who's helping to contribute to the fact why you're down big. Over under on David Johnson rushing yards tomorrow night in his big uh, debut as, as the new Hopkins replacement <sighs> or the, the the trade value piece or whatever. But it go with uh, forty. I'm under. I'm, I'm going thirty oh. and twenty or something. I'm under forty. <laughs> no, he'll have like one run for thirty yards <laughs> and then twelve rushes for ten. Yeah, we, like, we but we've. Yeah, We've seen him play the last couple of years. I don't think he's capable of a thirty-yard run anymore. I don't. Atlanta, that's why I don't understand. One I don't understand that trade. Like, oh, he's not good. You've we've seen him. He's broken down. What running back has? Can you can you remember that's broken down like he has the last couple of years and then got good again? Like, just magically found the. Elixir and decided to be what yeah. he used to be. That never happened. Oh God, yeah. Because usually, once they get rid of you, you're never the same. Once you decline, you don't find it and pick back up again. That just does not happen. Yeah, because even like guys traded who were useful, like Jerome Bettis, weren't as good as they were. Like Jerome Bettis with the Steelers was not Jerome Bettis with the Rams. No. No, he was just he three carries for three yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, he had a utility. Um, that's a great question to, to, to just rack my brain and go, yeah, what wide receiver that somebody just – I mean, not wide receiver. What uh, running back that a team that just completely gave up on, who was clearly done, has come back and sort of like recaptured the court. Quarterbacks have done it. Yeah, different position, different pounding. Yeah, not running back, not not – yeah, the mileage is usually what does these guys in, so they just don't leave, and then they go somewhere else, and then it's just like fountain of youth time, and, and the guy just recaptures everything. No, that doesn't really happen, so no, I'm with you. And I know I Johnson think- isn't quite 30 yet, but the the first two oh. running backs I thought of that were productive in their 30s are the, the ageless wonder Frank Gore and Curtis Martin. And the issue with both of them is they didn't have a drop off. They were just kind of the same all the time. Yeah. So that's not the that's not the same issue at all. This is a guy who was really really good, and then it's been two years being really really bad. He doesn't get to, to to go really really good again. You don't see that on the back of the trading card. You don't see uh five point whatever rushing yards per carry drop down to three point three and then bounce back up to four point eight. That's just not going to happen. And, and I think everyone knows that. Everyone saw the trade, and everyone said the same thing: like, "What the fuck is Bill O'Brien doing?" What the, so that that can't keep, you can't keep doing that. You can't have a, a GM that, that that is that brain dead and keeps making moves that make people go, "Why did he do that?" So 
That's yeah. not the first move, and it, and it probably won't be the last move, but it's got to be. It's got to be close to the last move. That's similar to the Bucks signing Leonard Fournette and everybody, like, losing their shit because, oh, they're putting – no, 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 no. He's done. <laughs> they're not getting 2017 Leonard Fournette. I don't know what the hell they're getting with, with that guy. Uh, he's just he, – he, he makes you pull your hair out, too. Now, I was one of those that sort of got a little excited, like, okay, they just picked up this guy off the street that I, I loved when he was at LSU. Now, is he that same guy that was at LSU? No, he's not quite that guy. No. <laughs> but he's not ancient uh, either. It's not like he's what, 30 years old. I know we don't want to, but we, we might as well talk about the uh, NFC East. Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten what, that we didn't talk about it. I love the fact that, that the NFC East was the last division to talk about. That meant we didn't have to talk much about them. That, was, that worked out perfectly for me. But you got the Eagles winning, so I want to hear you first on this one. Um... Well, Doug Peterson needs 16 games out of Carson Wentz. That's uh, a big key for the Eagles, uh, or else uh, they're, they're, they're going to – clearly going to slide again if, if he doesn't get that. They drafted the kid, Jalen Hurts, to sit behind uh, Carson Wentz. I don't know if that motivation, I don't know exactly, you know, I think he's not healthy. They want to get started on the next franchise quarterback already. I, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I just, I still think they're the most complete team in the division, like on the offensive side and the defensive side. Yeah, they got pieces that they could use more, on the offensive side, they're a little short uh, on wide receivers, uh, but I really do like that uh, running back, Miles Sanders. I think he made a, a, a very good first impression last year. Um, I think Dallas is breathing down their necks. They probably should have passed them last year. They had the chance when Wentz was hurt and they couldn't get it done because they're, they're the Cowboys and they're just not good. Um, Darius Slay stepping in that cornerback for the league is Mark Cooper twice. He gets to battle Sterling Shepard twice, Terry McLaurin twice. I think that's a big deal because that's something the Eagles has been missing is is, is sort of a lock on corner to take on those number one receivers division uh, and make a difference that way. It's a problem that Darius Slay was off last year. Um, I'd like to say Darius Slay that he had been seven years the shut down corner there. Last year he kind of fell off. Um, so that's a that's an issue that he may not be the same guy. That might be a, a problem. But if he does bounce back, that that's a position you can that you it's not running back. You can bounce back and have a a, a good season or two uh, at cornerback after you've fallen off, but not at running back. Uh, so it, it's not a, a stone cold lock. It's not that I love the Eagles to death. Uh, there's a couple of big question marks there, but I think they tried to answer some of their. Qu- in the offseason, and I like that a lot. Yeah, and actually, I, I have the Eagles um, as my wild card, so it's not like I hate the Eagles this year. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you about a lot of their points. Carson Wentz, yeah, you got to stay healthy. I think they just, I think they brought in Jalen Hurts, and that Carson Wentz should accidentally just wear Jalen Hurts' jersey because that's more appropriate. Because Carson Wentz hurts. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Carson Wentz should just run around with a jersey that says Hurts. Hurts. I hurt. <laughs> I got the hurts. Um, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, Miles Sanders is good. Getting Corey Clement back is huge because 
un, un, these un sort of like unsung wide receivers or run, running backs that love to catch balls. These Corey Clements and James Whites and these types, these guys have a lot of value. And that, that offense, sure. they, they had none of those guys last year. They were relying on J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, my mm. least valuable player last year. Um, when, when he was Good like their go, their go-to receiver, oh, man. Hey, Zach Ertz, he's he's back. So all these guys are going to be out there. I do want Jalen Hurts to come into a game and throw it to Ertz so you can go Hurts to Ertz. <laughs> But, oh, we're getting we're getting loopy. <laughs> like, um, yeah, no, I I think that I w- I was gonna joke. I was gonna make a lot of jokes about the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy because you know Mike McCarthy is like my guy. guy. He's my guy as far as my guy <laughs> as far as my guy to, to like shit upon, like o- OBJ style, and oh. <laughs> and. After Jason Garrett, this makes sense to me. I, I, everybody was like, well, well, how did he get the job? Because it was this like crazy coaching search, non-coaching search was, I mean, the way they, they definitely, you know, they, they definitely did Garrett nasty the way they got rid of him. I, mean, I don't think either one of us were too complimentary of the way of the slow motion firing of Jason Garrett. It was like, get on with it already. Mike McCarthy strikes me as the kind of guy who will actually turn around and, and put the ball in Ezekiel Elliott's belly and, and ride him for a little while. I, I don't think he's, he's not at that level of, of geniusness of Jason Garrett. And by geniusness, I mean stubbornness where he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room and, and he, and he won't coach, you know, to the players around him. And, you know, and, and McCarthy coached Favre and he coached Aaron Rodgers. He's, He's had some very good, very high-powered offenses. Um, and McCarthy's problem is he runs up big scores and then he gets conservative in the second half. He doesn't make any adjustments. But I don't think for the Cowboys team that he's going to be a, a terrible coach. I mean, I, I think that'll be a good, functioning, stable, balanced offense, at least enough to the point where I think that they'll be able to hold off uh, the Eagles to win the division. I, they're, pro- I have, they're probably one and done once they get into the playoffs. Um, but I, I think that the, the stability and not having Jason Garrett clapping his hands all game long and completely just hey, – Good tor- job, guys. Good job. All right. Yeah, it's going to be all right. All right. Just torching the playbook and, and completely giving up on the run. And, and you have one of, if not the best running backs in the league, and Ezekiel Elliott, who you gave all the money to, that you then decide is only worthy of nine carries or 12. No, uh, I think you'll have a little bit more balanced attack, which I think will make Dak Prescott good. Um, I think they did the right thing, not giving Dak the 40 million or whatever it was per year. He wanted, he's not worth it, um, yeah, but he's still there and we'll, we'll see. So maybe, maybe Mike McCarthy, uh, squeezes some life out of Dak Prescott and Dak Prescott can finally cash in at the end of this season. Um, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dump on Mike McCarthy like you were expecting me to, and I actually have him win the division. Okay, I'll have to do it then. Um, <clears throat> it's it's not a total disagree with you, but it's uh, I'm not 100 percent convinced that he won't uh, torpedo the the playbook and do the wrong thing 
and, and run that offense the wrong way. Uh, you talk about his uh, – he's not going to be quite as stubborn as, as Jason Garrett, and he doesn't have a history of stubbornness necessarily. I would like to interview Aaron Rodgers and ask him his opinion about Mike McCarthy's stubbornness because I think you'd get a different answer from certain people uh, asking about that. I'm not saying he will, but I'm saying it's, I, I don't know. I, I think there's a possibility that Mike McCarthy will try and make the Cowboys a, a, an air raid attack at the expense uh, of their obvious advantage, uh, which is the run game. I don't know he will, but I think he, he might. I just don't know. It looks tantalizing when you see Dallas ranked number two in passing last year, but we watched the games. We know why they were ranked number two. Garbage Carbon. time. Garbage time back. Garbage time, yeah. Uh, Prescott would throw for 80 yards at the end of the third quarter, and then he'd throw for 200 <laughs> yards in the fourth quarter, and they'd still lose. And they refuse to pay him anyway. You know why? Because they know better. They know what this shit is. <laughs> so it's just, it makes yeah. me uh, think that McCarthy's going to come in there and try to prove a point. And, okay, you, you still haven't paid Dak. Let's, let's keep airing this out. Draft uh, C.D. Lamb. We're trying to build this big time wide receiver group is trying to get this, this air thing going and Zeke is just kind of sitting over there on the sideline, you know, eating a pop tart going, uh, what about me guys? Hello. You remember I'm, I'm here. Hello. Hey, I'm just glad I, I didn't hear any of it or any of it at all. I don't think you did either. I never saw any of it in the news, but I was waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it. I was waiting for someone to play up the angle, whether it was an agent or somebody in the media to get behind Dak Prescott and play the race card with Dak. And uh, I'm no, glad. I have not heard that. I'm glad it never happened. Cause we're, we've just came off of a month here, month and a half period now where two black quarterbacks both got like break the bank contracts. There's a reason mm-hmm. why you did Dak. You're not, <laughs> you're not Sean Watson. And you're not Patrick Mahomes. So I'm just so glad that nobody went there. Because, you know, sometimes you're just waiting for it, right? You just know it's coming. And all off season, I was just like, it's gonna, when's it going to be? When's it going to be? Because there, there, there are certain media outlets that's all they can talk about is the Cowboys, Fox Sports. Um, <laughs> it's all they talk about. The Lakers and the Cowboys, all off season, I had to hear it all the time, turn it on TV in the morning because I won't watch ESPN. So I put, oh, it's Cowboys and the Lakers. It's all anybody could talk about, especially during the lockdown, was Dak and this damn, this damn contract. And I'm just glad I never heard anybody go there, especially now after seeing Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes cash in. Right. Uh, if this was 10 years ago, it probably would have been brought up now, but I think we're far enough. We've still got a long ways to go with, with race relations in this country, obviously. But I think we're far enough along in the NFL now where it's not an issue anymore. When you got Cam Newton winning MVPs at the position, when you got, uh, like you said, Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, uh, yeah. I don't I think point- that's an issue anymore. I really don't. I pointed it out a couple of seasons ago when Patrick Mahomes threw all the touchdowns and broke all the records and nobody bothered to mention he was black. Like that was, that was first black quarterback to throw 40, whatever. Yeah. You didn't hear that. No, it was just, he was on the list. He was up there with Brady and Manning and and now it's Brady Manning and Mahomes and nobody bothered to go. Oh, he's the first black guy in that group. Oh God, stop. (laughs) We we made that that progress at least. At least we got to that point. Yes. So, no, I just want to say I'm thankful that I never heard that because 
Obviously, there's evidence to the contrary all over, but that hasn't stopped people before. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. That was, that was, a, that but, was a relief that I didn't hear that. And then uh, Giants, your boy, uh, your boy, Captain Adversity, he's back. <laughs> uh, hey, guys. All right. Let's, let's go. Let's go, Danny Dimes. You're doing good. You're doing a good job. All right. Um, so, yeah, the kid head coach, Joe Judge, brings in the, the one and only Jason Garrett to try to coach up Danny Dimes. Uh, you know what? Garrett doesn't have to manage a game, so he might be decent at this, you know? Just take the game managing out of his hands and just let him do some coaching up, and he, he might right. be good at that. Well, we'll find uh, out if he's play calling, because if Saquon Barkley somehow starts turning up nine carries a game, <laughs> Garrett's been in charge of that game plan. Standing over there uh, next to Zeke, uh, eating on a pop tart, going, "Hey guys, uh, uh, remember me? I'm, I'm over here." Hey. Um, I actually do giant... like. I gotta say, I'm gonna give some some say something nice here, but Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, uh, that's a nice little tandem. Yeah, there's there's talent there. There's, there's much more talent at that res- at that position than the uh, the football team, and that's partially why I picked them over the football team. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Uh, football team. Oh, football team. Uh, how long before Alex is their starter? <laughs> God, don't do that to him. Why would they want to? Uh... Okay. He's cleared to play. One, I two. We're back on the roster. <laughs> But how do you know how how good any of those quarterbacks are? There's no one there to throw to. There's Terry McLaurin and bums. Uh, yeah. Dottrell, he's a solid guy. He was four years ago. Yeah, he's a guy. He's a solid guy. I don't know if he's a number two. He's like a number four. <laughs> right. If he's your fourth best receiver, you're all right. But oh, if he's your number two, oof. Yeah. They, cut, they straight up cut Adrian Peterson so they could go with Antonio Gibson. Uh, okay. Uh <laughs> Tight ends I've never heard. Uh, okay. Reed's gone. Yeah, it's bad. So, again, once again, how good is Dwayne Haskins? We won't know. I don't know. I have no idea. And, and as soon as they change gears franchise-wise and bring in Chico Rivera to be sort of the new face of the franchise, he comes in, comes down with uh, lymph node cancer. So, oh. tough luck there all around. So, best of luck to him. Um, yeah, they, they were saying if he misses games, that his DC will step in and 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 do some coaching. And we know he's got head coaching experience because it's Gambler Jack, so Jack Del Rio's is the defensive coordinator. Um, so we might have to well, see him uh, coach some games this year. Wouldn't they? Yeah, I, I don't know what's what's going to happen. I mean, if you um, do, I'm trying to imagine like Chico Rivera and Gambler Jack as your main coaches on a team, I mean, you're going for every fourth down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way that uh, Jack Del Rio, I mean, the way he coached the hell out of, he coached, I'd say he coached the hell out of that Raiders team before Derek Carr got hurt that year, that they were winning all those crazy games and going for everything. And uh, that was a fun Raiders team. Then they certainly found ways to win games they probably shouldn't have. Yeah, and it ended uh, with a broken leg. 
Yeah. But yeah, the uh, the potato skins here on the field, uh, not the Redskins anymore, the potato skins. Uh, uh, they got one mission: develop Dwayne Haskins. I don't know how you do that when you're throwing to those guys. I, I really don't know. Uh, dead fucking last in passing last year. The the the, the, the former Redskins were. Um, so the only the, thing. So the only fun the, about them the, is Chase Young chasing around quarterback. That's the only thing that's going to be so fun the about the Redskins them. and the Jaguars. It sounds like to us are going to be the two teams that are going to be hard to beat out for last place. I mean, like top draft picks, right? Do I have the Redskins or the the Potato Skins uh, competing with the Jags for worst team in the league? You know what? I'm I got to flip back over my all my number fours here in the division to see if I got anyone worse than than Washington. Uh, I don't think Carolina will be worse. I don't think the Bears will be worse, although it might be close. Um, I don't think Arizona will be worse. Cincinnati might be worse than the uh the than the than the Potato Skins. Um, so Cincinnati might com- compete again for, for worst team in the league. Um, the Raiders, no, nah, I don't think they're quite that bad. Uh, the Dolphins, I don't think are that bad. And yeah, Jag- yeah, I guess the Jags, uh, Bengals, Bengals and, and Potato Skins. Skins. Oh, wait, the football team, yay sports. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I think those are my three wars. Yeah, Oof. it's a motley crew. So that's it. That's our big ginormous 2020 NFL preview show. We we hope we didn't burst too many bubbles. Uh, there there is we no bubble. It. They're not playing in bubbles. No, it's just so weird because usually by the time we've done this, we've watched a crap ton of preseason. <laughs> there have already been big injuries and big moves and there have been a few injuries, but we're going into this pretty clean. The big injuries are going to be these next two, three games. When they actually start playing. Yeah. Dudes start getting hit. We're going to see some awful, awful football. It's going to suck really bad. Yeah. I'm afraid you're right. Uh, You know, they, they, they know who's good. They got them on the on the primetime games. They got them starting tomorrow night. They, they're starting off the season, so they they know who's good. Just all those other Man, games. Te- Texans are going to get just blowed out, aren't they? Well, you certainly hope so, Mister. Uh, open the season yeah. with a lock. I I got to, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking of the final score, and I got it a 21 point game. Yeah, and I think that's and a 21 I, I got it point. As a, yeah. I think that's a 21-point point game. So. Easy. Well, I, I, I guess I could agree. The, they just lost your best weapon, and you've got nothing to replace them with. Uh, the only thing that gives me pause is that line has been 10 all last week, and, and the, the Sharps have put brought it down to 9. So I don't know what they know, but <laughs> it, it, was, it was 10. That's all I know. Money was coming in on the Texans, I guess. I guess, but we'll we'll all be watching. Is it's football? It's finally back. It's it's not going to be a season like we've ever seen. Just like basketball, just like baseball, it's going to be something completely different. And I I I don't know. I don't feel very confident at all about that Saints Super Bowl pick. That's probably my heart over my head. I just 
Uh, I, I love the Saints so much, uh, but I, and I appreciate what Drew Brees has done throughout the years. And I know this isn't the same Drew Brees, but guess what? That uh, those Elway Super Bowl wins, that wasn't the same Elway. He did, he needed a lot of help to get those yeah. rings uh, that he finally got. That wasn't the same guy that was playing in the eighties uh, when he finally came through. So I guess I'm looking at it that way. Oh boy! Oh that. That last all, Super Bowl that Peyton Manning won was one of the worst Super Bowl performances from a winning quarterback you will ever see, and and and, and, I, and masterful at the same time. <laughs> exactly, because, because he had so many plays where he, he could was downfield that there was a big play to try to make, and he just said, "Nope, I'm not going to even try." <laughs> when somebody has enough humility yeah. to just know they can't do it. And that you're playing with that defense, and that there's no shame in punting. That yeah, it was it was both awful and great all at once. That Super Bowl of Peyton Manning's that final one because that was like you know what I would rather play bad and win than play great and lose or take the shot to win the game and that causes us to lose because we turn it over or something exactly. bad. No, you you were talking about somebody who played completely within himself understanding who he was in that moment and who he was, was a terrible quarterback in that game and, and embracing it. <laughs> yeah. Who he was, was third and 12 and saying, I can't get it 15. I'm just going to turtle and, and take the sack and, and let my defense take over. That's what he was. Or as a result, he's got two rings. That adds to the punt. Uh, it, yeah, it was. Uh, if you if you watch that game, you know what we're talking about. It was. Uh, it, it really was awful and beautiful at the same time. <laughs> it was a masterclass in how to cope with <laughs> finding skill set. Yeah, and he's got a ring. Can't take it away. I, I hope I die with as much humility as he, as his career did. I, I'll put it that way. <laughs> I think we I mean, we broke that down. Anyone can go back and listen. We broke that down about in that same detail. <laughs> Pretty um, much. We did the recap of the Super Bowl because it was stunning how awful and amazing it was both at the same time. And it's also got to be awful for Cam Newton to know that you were that close to winning a title. If you would have just got your head out of your ass and not played as bad as you did, then you could have taken advantage of that and then led your team to the title. You, know, but you, you couldn't I, do it. I remember, I don't know if I said it in the, in the, cause I think we were both all over the Panthers on that game. Weren't we? We were. I think so. But when you watched the game plan, when you watched the way the Broncos went after Cam Newton and they didn't go to, they didn't try to hit him. They, they were going after his arm when he would, when he would cock to throw and just swiping at the arm. And a lot of those strip sacks that they had of him were them just hitting him and just driving him into the turf. It was him winding up to throw, and, oh, here comes Von Miller slapping the ball out of his arm. It was genius. Mm-hmm. They weren't aiming at Cam Newton. They were aiming about a yard behind him. <laughs> yeah, that, that Broncos defense was – Oh, man. Uh, they were that tough. Was, that was special. Yep. Yeah, we, we had – we we've had some 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 special ones. We haven't had much defense played, good defense played in Super Bowls, um, in a while. Forty Nine ers tried, they really tried. They came three really and a half quarters. They came three and a half. They came a, qu- a half of a quarter away from giving us one of those special efforts 
uh, in a Super Bowl. And uh, but that wasn't easy to, to, to keep Mahomes down for a whole game. And that's why I have, I'm locking him up. And the Patriots' defense over the Rams to win that Super Bowl doesn't count because the Rams are just terrible. No, that both teams were terrible in that Super Bowl. That was a bad game. I thought we weren't going to talk about that game anymore. <laughs> well, I didn't want to skip over uh, defensive efforts in recent Super Bowls. Uh, that was a, that was that was offensive offense. <laughs> Well, I, I wanted to make sure I, I covered it anyway because it, it was a it was a defensive effort. It, it was uh, they they uh, they gave up three points. You, that, that, yeah. that was something. Would the Rams give up thirteen? Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right. Could have re- retired on the under in that game. Man, is that where you were on we, that one? I hope so. I. I Certainly hope I didn't pick the over in that one. Speaking of unders, I think my best call all last year was uh, Buffalo Bills unders, and I'm not changing that this year. Kill the Bills unders. I'm still – I don't care if Safan Diggs is there. I still say kill the unders because, again, uh, Project is going to overthrow him half the time. We'll see. Maybe he'll take the step, right? He, he, he. You don't talk Maybe. as badly about him as you used to. He's definitely much better than he was. The project has 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 grown some. I'll admit that. I'll I have to admit that he has shown some flashes, and I'm still sort of I almost defended him. Felt like I had to defend him when he was getting laughed at by by Twitter and everybody after that playoff game last year against the Texans because he played such a great, not good, great game for three quarters. And then the plays that he made that lost the game in regulation before overtime were terrible, terrible decisions. That is all. That is very true. But yeah, I didn't think it. I didn't think that he deserved to get the the rest of the game that he played erased because of those decisions. Because he made so many great decisions in the three quarters before that, and I, I just thought that they played. Uh, they had a great game plan uh, going into Houston, and they they executed it excellently for. For three quarters, ironically, uh, Houston then goes and has a great game plan and executes uh, against the Chiefs the next week for a quarter and a half and uh, figure out and, and just forget how to play football after that. So I don't know how that rubbed off on the Chiefs, but it did. Um, but yeah, I'll you know I'll call a spade a spade. And, and Project uh, has some skills that are unique to him. That there's not a whole lot of guys in the league that have his combination of arm power and athleticism uh, to, to get away from uh, potential tacklers and, and, and create space for himself uh, to make those plays downfield. Of course, the problem is some of those plays he can't make when, once he does make time for himself because he's got too much arm and he doesn't have nearly enough touch yet. Uh, can he get that touch? Can he get coached into him? Yeah, it can. So we'll, well, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's got, some, got some potential. I definitely can't deny that. All right. I'm ready to go to bed. All right. It is late. <sighs> we both. It we is. both. I work tomorrow. You work tomorrow. I sure do. Yeah, and then now I'm like feels like I'm double working because now I'm monitoring like because kids are home for school, so I'm monitoring all what they're trying to do and making sure that they can connect to their classes and that everything's staying on schedule. But uh, 
First day yesterday was a little bit of a challenge. Today was pretty smooth, so I'm hoping for another smooth morning tomorrow before I head to work. Well, best of luck to you and, and all the parents out there trying to oh, navigate man. and yeah. negotiate a, a whole new world. I can't even imagine. All right. No, uh, it's crazy. It's all crazy. I can't wait for them to actually go back to real school. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you and, and everybody else can't, can't wait for that. Can't, can't wait. wait. Right. Football is back tomorrow. Real football. Texans get it on, and we'll be watching. He is Jay. I am Dre. Did I get that right? Hey, I got that right. This has been in much less detail the podcast. We will be back uh, Saturday. Can you do Saturday? Do we have to do Friday? No, Saturday is good. I know how you like your Saturday shows. We will be back Saturday night at the same time, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern, to preview the first full week of NFL action and talk about the Thursday night opener that Jason has already declared his lock of the week. So lock that money in, folks. You heard him. Got to take the Chiefs and got to ride the the nine points. Uh, We will see you all Saturday night. Hope you enjoyed the long preview of the 2020 NFL season in this the age of coronavirus. It just keeps going on and on and on. We'll talk to y'all Saturday night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.